Welcome to the 32nd episode of the Friday Nightmares podcast. Today's episode is on teenage angst because it's so hard. I am one half of your hosting team, Heather Powell, coming to you today from Waterdown, Ontario, Canada. And with me, as always, is Mr. Smoke Show Crawford, coming to you from Swartz Creek, Waterdown, Hamilton, <laughs> Michigan, Ontario, Canada, United States. <laughs> and I just have to say, Happy birthday to my lovely co-host today. Today is your birthday, and oh, I'm just happy I get to spend it with you this way, like since yeah. we can't see each other in person. No kidding, but you've shared those awesome photos of the last time <laughs> we saw each other in person. I'm like, man, that was over a year ago. Because yeah. we, have, we have done some screenshots. So when we did the Horror Hound, like when it was your birthday, I shared the picture of us watching Horror Hound from our, our respective homes. Right. Right. And then there's a couple times I've shared photos from us on Messenger because we do video chat like every day. Almost. Right. <laughs> um, and, you know, I think the most recent stuff I shared was you, me and Brandon <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and the faces you guys are doing in a little chat group. Uh, but yeah, that was the last time we physically saw each other. Um, yeah. Face to face. And uh, neither Ontario or Michigan's doing too great. So no. <laughs> um, we're hoping that by Scotty's birthday in October, uh, he can come up here and we can do some haunted houses and stuff. And if that does happen, like there'll be a lot of Facebook live in that weekend. And I don't know, yeah. like me drunk smack talking Scott and my and friend me. drunk drunk smack talking Scott and everyone just talking smack Scott. <laughs> and Scott drunk smack talking himself. Yeah, right. It will be. It will be. It will be a night, a weekend to remember. So. Oh, it definitely you know, will. If it ever happens. It will happen. <laughs> it will happen. You know, it's well. Big news here is Scotty got his COVID vaccine. Yes. So, uh, Scotty, what new power do you have? Well, I do have amazing 5G network now on my phone, and I have heard rumors because it's only the first dose. So I heard rumors that. The first shot gives you your superpowers, but they're not activated till the second shot. So uh, I'm really hoping for something awesome during the second shot. And when shot number two? Uh, well, in my nerdy heart, it kind of worked out perfectly because it's May 4th. So may the 4th be with me. Oh, excellent. <laughs> I have not gone for my COVID vaccine yet. We're doing rollouts a little bit different here in Ontario, but they're reducing it every day, the age limit. So yeah. I have a feeling by the end of April or May, I will um, have the opportunity. People have totally been like, okay, so... Scott, do you think I'm an anti-vaxxer? Just wondering. No. Do you think, have you ever got the opinion that I'm anti-vaccination? Not at fucking all. So I've had like this encounter. So obviously we're talking to few people. Like I have my neighbors, right? And one of my neighbors was outside and we were just chatting and, and he was going to get his COVID vaccine. And he's like, you know, when we all get vaccinated, things look better. I'm like, oh yeah, for sure. Like he was testing me out to see if I was going to be like, no, don't get vaccinated. 
And then one of my friends called me for my birthday, one of my longtime friends this morning. And uh, he's like, yeah, you know, my wife and I have decided that uh, the kids won't be seeing anyone who's not vaccinated. I'm like, oh yeah, for sure. You know, I'll be getting my vaccines. Like, oh, I'm so glad to hear that because I'm like, you've known me for over 25 years. Why would I, <laughs> why do you not think that I would go not like, I believe in science and I don't, and right. I don't care if you don't fucking like that listening to this podcast. I believe in science and, yeah, same. you know, and I, I understand why we don't have polio and other shit anymore. It's because we have vaccines and I don't know. I never came, I don't know. I don't think I'm an anti-masker. I guess maybe because I don't post this stuff on Facebook. Like maybe I'm just not vocal enough about, you know, believing in COVID-19 that people think I'm like this anti, but I almost thought about leaning hard into it. Right. And being like, yeah, you know, I just, I don't want to be tracked. And I heard it, it comes from the same vaccine that Teenage Mutant Turtles did. And I don't know if I really want to live in a sewer and, you know, I have a thing against rats, so I don't really want to want to run into splinter. You but know, you like, do I, like pizza, so. But I do like my gluten-free pizza, so. Oh, okay, you wouldn't get that in the sewer. Right. So anyway, thank you for clarifying, because I was beginning to be like, am I giving the impression that I'm an anti-vaxxer and that I'm like anti-mask and like, I don't Not know. Not at all. Like you are. Like you are so gung ho about it, just like yeah, me. Like, I like, don't know where that no, would come maybe from. I don't share my opinions all the time on it. Like I don't like at the end of the day, you do you. You know, I'm not here to lecture people on how to live their lives. Like you're an adult, you make the decision that is best for you and your family. I know I'm going to make the decision that I feel is best, um, and I encourage other people to make that decision too. But at the same end of the day, like I don't see the point of arguing. Like if my neighbor was all like man, these vaccines, I'm going to get ejected by a UFO and the world is flat and blah, 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 blah. I'd be like, all right, man, have a good day. Like, yeah, you believe what you believe, you, crazy you, man. You. Like at the same time, like I just don't have the energy to fight. And um, you know, I'm too busy adopting fucking 50 dogs. That's why. <laughs> right. <laughs> too busy fucking fostering all these dogs. Um, but yeah, thank you for clarifying that, Scotty, because like oh, I was welcome. beginning to wonder. I'm like, well, Scott knows me pretty well. Like I'm sure, you know, I've, I've had to go to Scott for a couple of things that my friends have said to me, like the other day I, I was referred to as super straight. Um, <laughs> so SS for sure, super, which I, which I am heterosexual. Um, you know, I think it's very easy for heterosexual white women to be open about their sexuality because it's very commonly accepted. I definitely do not face the same discriminations that other people do when it comes to their sexuality. But my friend was just like, yeah, you're super straight. Like you're not even a little unstraight. You're like super straight. And I told Scott about this later. I'm like, like, I, I am, you know, like definitely my sexual preference is, is very much men, but I've never considered myself super straight. Like, does that get, you get a cape? <laughs> right. Like, you know, I like <laughs> went around me like, I like cock, right? Like what is, what is exactly the super straight? Have any of your friends ever said shit like that to you? Or is it just me? Does anyone it, think you're an anti-vaxxer, like call you super straight or I don't know, whatever? Like, no, I, I've never had any encounters like that. <laughs> well, you're living your wrong life, Scott. We're going to have to change that shit. I guess so. <laughs> well, don't worry. When I meet your friend, I'll I'll probably get that get that told to me. Oh, yes, you will. <laughs> you will get told. What She'll give you this individual we're referring to. We'll give Scott. Like, Scott already knows her so well that, like, I'll say stuff. He's like, yeah, that makes sense. Did this person say this because? And I'm like, yeah, Scott's never even met her. <laughs> so able to kind of, like, analyze why she behaves the way she does it's really quite funny um now now scott do we need to break it to the listeners your bad news about 2021 movies yeah actually i should probably go ahead and do <laughs> that probably let's just let's just get it out of the way and then we can move on with the podcast 
Yes. So unfortunately, well, fortunate and unfortunate, I guess you could say, I am not able to watch movies at work anymore. Um, I'm getting pretty much new tasks added on, which will in turn get me better pay. But I was told to, you know, don't what you can't watch movies anymore while you're doing these new tasks. So that means that unfortunately for me, I have very limited time outside of work to watch movies. And we watch so many for our show that probably not going to have many new 2021s unless I just like binge watch a shit of a shit ton of them in like a row somehow or another. Like, uh, (laughs) especially sucks because I had instigated the sleepy beast of Brandon and And challenged him. Sleepy is the key word that we use when we describe (laughs) Brandon, sleepy. And I was like, yep. You know, I'm going to I'm going to beat you by the end of the year. And well, that's not probably going to happen now. But um, just to give you guys an example, this was you know brought up to my attention last week. So I had a little bit of time to watch some 2021s. But the total amount of 2021s that I am bringing to the table this week is a whole whopping four. You know, and, and we just really are ashamed of you because of that. I know. I need to be. I need to go sit in a corner with a dunce cap like, on. I don't understand why you're putting your job ahead of the Friday Nightmares podcast. I know it's. it's it was a tough choice. Either make money or be popular. I just don't know. Well, lucky for you, with the being a smoke show, you're always popular. Oh, you are pretty sweet. And it's true. <laughs> Everyone loves Scott. Hashtag not fuck Scott, like nudie. Yeah, fucking uh, nudie. Only he wants, so like maybe he's just flirting with you. He just maybe. wants a piece of me. Like, I think that's what, as he, yeah, so Scott's giving his guns. We're going back to the gun show. Yeah. Pow, pow, pow. <laughs> Makes sense living in Michigan. <laughs> so does. Finger bang, finger bang, 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 finger bang. I feel like we were making fun of that last night about how many people in the United States have died from like finger bang. But then when <laughs> yes. you say finger bang, it also comes up with something else that reminds you of finger bang, which is using your hand as a gun. Yes, perverts. Scott, perverts. Um, so let's break into these 2021 movies because you know we don't have many. Yeah, um, guys, we're gonna do our best for you. Uh, we've also got more selective. Finally, we've stopped scraping literally the slime at the bottom of the barrel that's underneath the mold that you kind of get to, and you're like, ah, maybe there's some good 2021s down here. We're <laughs> finally not doing that anymore. We well, just don't have the time. And I also want to say too, before we jump into the movies, that I have given tasks, given Heather the task of being the one to watch the 2021 movies and letting me know what is worthwhile checking out now. Cause so she will probably have more to bring to the table each episode compared to me. You know, I don't I don't consider myself a hero. But you but in are. times like this, you know, I just know that we need to stand up for what we believe in. And when you believe in watching excessive amounts of 2021 horror movies. You just, you got to do that in between having 18 dogs that I'm currently (laughs) having. Please adopt a dog. Please, please adopt a dog. (laughs) Please help me. Save me. (laughs) Please. I had a dog returned um, because she snored. Legit. (laughs) It's the first time I've ever had. So I've had dogs returned before. I've been a foster parent, um, which means I basically take in dogs uh, before they find their forever home. And my role with that has changed with every organization I've been with. In some cases, I do the meeting grade. In some cases, I do the paperwork. It all depends. And I work with a current agency now called Love Those Seniors and More. So it's typically older dogs. And I had this sweet little pug named Sassafras. Well, Sassy. We call her Sassafras. And uh, she got adopted and everything was going well. So I thought, 
And then I got an email yesterday afternoon from this individual saying that she was snoring, he was snoring too loud and had been for the past nine days and she was not sleeping and uh, that it wasn't going to work out. And she was going to try for a couple more days or she was going to try for a couple more days. And then 45 minutes later, I got another email saying it's not going to work. So I was so sassy between 4.45 and 7, ended up back at my house, which is fine. Sassy is here now. The problem is that I had agreed to take on two more foster dogs, uh, two Shih Tzu yeah. mixes, a 14 and 15 year old bonded pair that are coming in Sunday. So Mickey is super fucking pleased, which is my dog. Um, luckily these dogs are all old and little and he's five and kind of full of like, you know, piss and vinegar, but like, he's, yeah. So you know what? Um, I'm living my best puppy life. So please adopt, please, <laughs> please adopt. Please adopt. And, and it's kind of funny. Cause you know, you've been fostering like all these dogs and you know what? I've realized something over the, the past year. Oh no. I guess I am, uh, also a foster in a way for, cause I'm, I'm bringing in all these, uh, women from dating and I'm finding them. <laughs> I'm finding them their forever homes. <laughs> I'm sorry, Scott. I started laughing halfway through your joke um, because it's really true. You are really the foster parent of women who struggle. We're going to, I'm trying to be real nice. Like you could tell if this was off air. I'd be saying <laughs> right. different things. Um, you, you find, you find these women that unfortunately struggle with communication um, and accountability yep. as adults. Um, it's not even about whether you like someone romantically or not. It's about not being a dick. And unfortunately, um, Scott has learned there's a lot of people that are dicks, but you know, Scotty just keeps getting back on the wagon because when you're a smoke show and you look as hot as Sot does, <laughs> it is hard. Oh, it's hard, <laughs> oh, it's to, hard. Uh, <laughs> to keep, to keep a good Scotty down. And it's getting um, harder as you keep talking. <laughs> You know, one day you're going to have a girlfriend and I'm going to like blow it on the show. You would never bring it up. Just so we're clear. You will never bring up that you had a, like maybe like six months into it. You might be say something like, oh, me and my girlfriend watch this. Movie. Right. Like you might say that, but I'd be like, I've got that a girlfriend. Like I would be the one to tell everybody that you got a girlfriend. Once you gave me the green light, like yep. once it became official, <laughs> all I would do is talk about you and your girlfriend. That's all I would do. I, and I kind of expect that. No, I right. don't expect anything less from you. <laughs> like, I remember when I was at a, another wedding and I found out not these people didn't get engaged at this wedding. They came and they had gotten engaged previously. And my parents were at the same wedding. It was a friend of mine and he invited my parents and stuff. And so I found out they were engaged. I took his fiance, this guy's fiance around and introduced him, her to everybody and made an announcement that they had just got engaged. Like I felt it was up to me to tell everybody. <laughs> like I just, I, no boundaries here. So, but lots of dogs. So please adopt. Yeah, please adopt. Um, and, <laughs> and if I have any, if I end up fostering any more women, please adopt them as well. Yes, please adopt <laughs> Scott's outcast women as well. <laughs> we really would appreciate any effort you can do to help these outcast people somehow become decent human beings if you can. Um, so yeah, we'll break into our 2021 films. It's April. And she I did it. I, I think I got it. Yay. I, think she I got did it. it. So proud of you. 38 years old today, which, you know, by the way, I don't have a problem telling people my age. Like my girlfriend's always like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm getting older. I'm like, fuck yeah, older. Like, you know, like it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. I'm on another podcast where we refer myself and this other lady refer to how much we enjoy sexual interactions. And um, 
we call ourselves a certain slang that I won't use on this show because I don't want to offend anybody. Well, we call ourselves grandma sluts and we, we label ourselves that because we're older than the other two that are on the show. Um, and that is by no way to offend other grandma sluts out there. That's not what we're trying to do. So, <laughs> but, um, you know, I don't I, I will be old in the old age home being like, Hey, what are you doing later? Like I totally, I make no bones about what I like and what I like to do. And I'm not going to change that. Nope. Why would you? That's why what I love I? about you. That's what I love like, about you. You why, are. I am who I am, right? If you are an open book. You have no shame. You just say, you know, say what you want, say what you feel. And you, yeah, I, that's amazing. Right. And, and of course, I obviously take people's feelings into consideration. Right. And I try not to say things that are hurtful. But, you know, if it's about me and I'm like, yeah, man, like, <laughs> like people like you're like, ah, Heather, like you, you're always so sweet. You're like, well, I took out, I asked someone to take like you were on Darren's show. And Darren from Psychosomatic Podcast. And please check out his show if you haven't listened. And um, you said something about my drinking and you got Darren to edit it out. And I'm like, oh man, it would have been fine. I have no problem. I do. I like to drink on the weekends. Guess what, guys? You want to judge me? Judge me. <laughs> but just first listen to Friday Night Nurse Podcast on the Legion Podcast Network. Yes. <laughs> and have you was... heard about our Patreon? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, and you know me, I feel that is not my right to say that. So I, was I like, know. Yeah. <laughs> You're a much better human being than I am. When people are like, Heather bullies Scott and they take snippets of the show of me bullying you, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, man, it's true. Like, that happened. Like, I'm not going to bullshit. That was me. And I said that to him. It's absolutely true. And he's a better human being than I am. I wasn't... <laughs> Wasn't it Abraham Ram that took out a snippet oh, of yeah. us? Like, and you... Well, when I was like, you're like, oh, Heather, you're the best friend ever. And I'm like, you suck, Scott. Your taste in movies sucks. And you should be more like me. It was it's not far off from the truth. Like he's, he's spitting truth. Am, Am, Abraham Ram man speaks the truth. And he has some new reviews out as well. So please listen to him um, and with his reviews and his band. Look at this. I'm promoing everybody. Right. Anyone else we can promo before we get to these fucking 2021 movies? Um. So the first one is Benny loves you. <laughs> Benny loves you. I feel like this is going to win an award this year. I don't know if it will be on our top list, our top 10 list, but it, it's pretty fucking funny. Oh. This movie is jokes. Yeah, this movie was just hilarious and darkly demented yet adorable. Like, I will watch <laughs> this movie again by the end of the year. That's oh, how sure. much I liked it. Um, and I don't rewatch movies. I don't like it. I think it's a waste of time. So Benny Loves You is a 94-minute runtime. Um, it's basically about um, somebody's childhood toy that comes to life and <laughs> creates havoc. <laughs> yeah. it's, just, it's just a fucking movie where this toy creates fucking bonkers havoc. And it is hilarious. If you enjoyed Puka Lives, um what other movie would you compare it to scotty uh well in a sense just because child or toy come to life child's play like but obviously yeah but this Chucky's is way, way more mean yeah i'll say Chucky's way more mean spirited um <laughs> how about uh, you sorry <laughs> actually i the one i would kind of compare it to i don't know if you've ever seen it i guess would be called bad milo mm. i've never seen it that one's not about a toy but that one's about a monster that lives inside this guy's butt that comes out and kills whenever he gets upset and Fuck, stressed this out. This is such a movie you would fucking dig. <laughs> For sure. And it's, and it's totally just absolutely hilarious. And that's kind of what Benny Loves You reminds me of. <laughs> Benny Loves You. Benny Loves Benny You. Loves you. Oh, man. So I recommend this movie. It is currently available on Amazon for Canada. Um, I don't know where it's available in the States. I, it doesn't say on here. I'm assuming YouTube, Google Play, uh, Amazon Prime. Yeah, 
I'm not too sure because I looked on Amazon and like uh, I, I don't have Google Play on my phone to look, but I looked on Amazon, couldn't find it there. So I'm assuming it's got to be like iTunes and maybe iTunes. Google Play. Yeah, Google Play. It is worth whatever rental you pay for this. Yes, movie. this is just it's just fun, fluffy. It's got some violence, oh, man. some pretty good violence in it, but uh, it's just jokes throughout the entire thing. Yeah, it's it is absolutely so much hilarious. I I adored it. Strongly recommend you check out this film this year. There's few there's few films that I will say watch. This is a funny food film. Like yeah. it's it's a British, so you gotta like British comedy, but it's really fucking funny. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it is it's a really good one. Um, the next one, did you see this one, Scott? I don't want to keep reading them nope. off. Uh, the next two you've seen, I have. Okay. Not. The next one is The Believer. Um, this is a very artsy film. It is a 91 minute runtime and it feels like a two-hour runtime when i saw her face and now, now I'm, I'm a believer. believer so it's basically this married couple and the male suspects that the wife is losing her mind and that there's some kind of procession or procession going on and there's all these other side characters who you don't know who is real. You don't know who is not real. The ratings range anywhere from one star to five star. It's averaging out at 2.7 stars on Letterboxd. Um, it's only been ranked by one person that we know, which is Vince. Um, oh, okay. And he gave it 2.5 stars. I think that's a really fair rating. I personally didn't love it. I think the acting was good. The filming is good, but it was way too artsy. Flip this up on its shoulder. Sci-fi. Trying too hard for me. Now, um, what would you say for me? It's very relationship heavy, so you may like it. I don't think you're going to love it. Okay. It doesn't make sense. The problem with you is not problem with you. I don't mean like the that. Problem the, problem, with you. the problem with this movie for you is that you'll be like, I dig the relationship piece, but what the fuck is going on? Gotcha. Okay. That's where I know, because you like logic and you like things to make sense, you know, to an extent, right? Obviously yeah. you can, for you know, you can suspend your disbelief and all that other stuff. But I know that you will probably, my prediction, if you were to rate this at a 10, probably be a 5.5 or a 6. Ah, uh, gotcha. Okay. Or 5.5 to 6.5. That's okay. my guess. Because I think the the lack of you being like, what the fuck is going on here is going to pull it down for you. Okay, good to know. So I'll push this one off, keep pushing it off. But I think for relationship horror, it's, it's not as good as another one I've seen, but it was, you may like that aspect of it. But for the okay. general population, it is available on Google Play, uh, both the United States and Canada, Voodoo, YouTube, and Hoopla. You got to really enjoy relationship movies, a little bit of sci-fi, a little bit of artsy. If you're into that and you want a $2.99 rental, the acting's good. It just wasn't my jam. So those are the areas that you can find it. The next one is Hell Trip. Hell yeah. Trip. Um, this movie I almost forgot about until now when I had to like look and go, what was this movie about? This was definitely a lower budget movie. It's where a group of young U.S. tourists go to africa which is a continent it's a continent <laughs> do we know what country they went to in africa no they, they went to the entire no. continent no we don't know what country it was we they just went to africa which is one <laughs> of my biggest pet peeves oh that is hilarious i hate when people refer to africa as a country it's a continent yeah like do you think anyone is like i went to north america 
Probably. I I would not be surprised. I don't think so. I think this is a stupid North American thing that we do to other people. I don't think anyone in Europe goes, I'm going to North America. I think they would say that's a North American thing. Yeah. I think they would say something like, I'm going to the United States or I'm going to Texas or I'm going to Canada. Now, Canada doesn't usually get, you know, the privilege of people knowing our provinces. So they might say, I'm going to Toronto. I'm going to Montreal. I'm going to Vancouver, whatever. Where is that Canada? You know, the United States. I'm going to New York. I'm going wherever. Like Africa. They couldn't even be bothered to say something like Kenya low-hanging fruit everyone knows about kenya anyway (laughs) so i digress they're in africa and uh they basically go to go on this safari (laughs) adventure and they're staying at some lodge and shit anyway they all end up getting picked off one by one so it's a slasher film and it's um definitely somebody who is kind of their first kick at the can writing a film directing it I think for a first kick at the can, this was fine. I, I think they did the best with the materials that they had. Probably cost a lot for them to fly all the way over to quote unquote Africa. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, I think they used their budget well with the effects that they showed, etc. Do I think it's a well done movie? No. Would I say to people, watch this? No. <laughs> Unless you want to understand how to film a movie in an exotic part of the world then well exotic for us because scott and i live in bare bones michigan and ontario right um then yeah i would say that this is you know worth watching do i think you should watch it scott no no i don't all right good to good to know (laughs) um it reminded me of like (laughs) there's this really cheesy movie that we had to watch in grade school and it was about these kids who own this like make-believe like tv closet thing and they had the safari in it and eventually they made it come real and they sent their parents in it and their parents are eaten by lions and i remember watching that being like this is really stupid why are we watching this in english class i had a similar feeling watching hell trip so (laughs) um yeah it's it's available we saw a screen here so it's going to be available on youtube google uh the usual suspects prime i i wouldn't waste your time hell trip from 2018 it's okay have another trip but now <laughs> now we got another one so scotty i know you saw this one. Oh, i sure did you want me to go ahead and take oh i oh do i <laughs> yeah uh so this movie uh i got recommended by heather and this is witness infection and it's basically about these two uh, mob families that are pretty much stuck together having to survive a zombie outbreak and this is totally like the Italian mobster style families mm-hmm. and like a lot of like Italian lingo being used and like just it's a lot very Italian culture based. And oh, it's totally it is so much fun. Like, you know, the zombie uh, genre can get tiring just because it's, you know, low hanging fruit, as you would say, for like horror films, because mm-hmm. it's so easy mm-hmm. to make one. Mm-hmm. But this one was well done, well acted, uh, really well paced, had some just kind of good, uh, like scary zombie moments and some awesome zombie kills. But yeah, just all around a lot of fun. Like I recommend this one to everybody because it's, yeah, it's, I don't know if it's going to grace any top tens, but this is just a fun, easy watch. I couldn't agree with you more. It's an 80 minute runtime and it's a smooth little 80 minute, minute runtime. Um, it seems like a really good TV movie. Like this, if yeah. we still had like TV movies really being, you know, prominent, I feel like you don't get the good TV movies anymore. I don't even know if that's a thing anymore. Um, uh, probably not since Netflix not since netflix right this would be a great tv movie it's it's fun um it's the acting in it is decent for what it is it has robert belushi in it which is jim belushi's son i believe 
Um, yeah, that's cool. So I he's last he was in Sorority Row as well as Valentine's Day. Wow. Um, yeah, so he's been in other movies as well. The Devils Do, Legally Blonde. Um, so yeah, he's been in other movies and he was just really clever. Everyone was really clever and they delivered their lines really well. And I, I had a really fun time with this. You can find it on iTunes, Google, Hoopla on YouTube. And I think it's worth a $2.99, $3.99 rental. Oh, absolutely. It's fun and fluffy. And honestly, if you just want to put on something and have a good chuckle, you know, as I said, we're not going to, it's not like, oh man, best movie of the year. You've got to watch it, but it's fun. Yeah. I would put it like an into the dark. If you enjoy into the dark, you'll probably enjoy this. Yeah, that's a good comparison, actually. Like, I think it's just a lot of fun. Yeah, it's fluffy, it's easy, it's a good time. Um, the next one is Rose. Just like I've, me. Fluffy, just, easy, and a good time. Oh, man, are you ever. Um, <laughs> high five, high five. Um, high five. Have you seen Rose? No, this is the one you recommend to me, so I'm going to be trying to get to it this weekend while I'm on my little break. This is going to be your after midnight. I predict... Mm. This will be your after midnight of 2021. Okay, now I'm excited. This will be my yeah. first thing I watch then. Yeah, maybe you should watch it with a friend. Hmm, may have to. But remember watching it. You know what I'm saying? You know yeah, what I'm no, saying? I know yeah. what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, this movie is 86-minute runtime. It does feel like the 86-minute runtime. And that's not an insult to it. Usually I mean that is an insult. Uh, but I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it uses its time well and it builds a lot of character development and you have investment. Uh, basically, it's a young couple living alone in the woods. Um, they're confronting a issue together and it challenges their relationship. And then when someone else enters their union, it becomes a struggle. And this movie currently with the people that have watched it has a 3.2 rating on Letterboxd, which is very high for a horror film out of five. And I think it deserves to be there. There's only three actors in this movie and all of them nail it. It's very well done. I think this movie will go under the radar because I don't believe it's being really talked about. And I think that's a shame. I think this is a high quality film that should be talked about. Okay, then, yeah, this will be like the probably the next movie I watch then. I would strongly recommend it for you, Scott. Um, If you enjoy relationships and horror, this movie is exceptional. If you just enjoy um, a slow burn about people dealing with an outside factor and how it challenges their relationship, this is also a very good movie as well. Um, We have a screener for it, so it hasn't been made available yet, but I could see Shudder picking this up. Uh, by the end of the year if they haven't had it on their roster already Uh, and it will probably be available for google play uh the same old same old itunes you know the prime but i i could this is good enough to me that shutter could grab it and um and it would be probably a very good addition to shutter's um shutter because shutter had after midnight last year right uh, they didn't get it till this year. They, I think they got it in January. Okay, but they eventually got it, right? Yeah. So I think that this may be something that we eventually see on Shutter as well. So Nice. Yeah, I will definitely check this one out then. And you've All seen right. the next one, so I'll let you talk about that one. All right. So the next one is a Shutter exclusive that came out last week called The Power. And this one has been getting a lot of love and a lot of talk mm-hmm. being talked about very highly. And it's basically about this uh, nurse that is going to a work at a hospital. I've, I'm not sure on like the date, but it's kind of a period piece. Um, oh, it's around the time of the war, isn't it? Yeah, well, like, uh, I'm trying to figure out which war was it, Cold War? Yeah, I can't remember either. Does it say in the 19, 17, 1974, so the Cold War? Okay. Yeah. And um, but yeah, like, and it's basically they are 
cutting power throughout the throughout like the cities and all that stuff like at a certain time and the mm-hmm. power comes back on and while she's working at the hospital she's working the night shift when the power is going out mm-hmm. and of course creepy hospital power outage spooky stuff starts happening mm-hmm. and i have to say this is probably this will probably get an award for one of the best performances i've seen this year because yes the main actress just did such an incredible job yes i've never seen her in anything else but her performance was just amazing and all i will say is i for me this film was good but not as great as everyone else has been hyping it up to be the first half very fucking strong and super creepy the second half kind of lost me a bit yeah, I think the second half became a little predictable, um, yes. but I think the delivery of all of it was very, very well done. The filming was excellent. The acting yeah. was excellent. The writing was excellent. You know, it's a very strong film. I think that, you know, at a 92-minute runtime, it's available on Shutter, AMC, Shutter, the uh, the the prime version of it, yep. um, Shutter Canada and the United States. It's It definitely deserves its place on Shutter. It deserves to be talked about. Will it be my top film of the year? No, personally, but that doesn't mean that I couldn't understand why it isn't somebody, why it is somebody's. Uh, Sander from the Cemetery Podcast Gates, from Cemetery, Cemetery Gates Podcast, uh, this is his number one film, I believe, so far this year, yeah. or as of the time of recording this podcast. Sander watches a lot of movies, so, yep, you know. And- Mark Nato, I think, also had like said that it would have would have been his number one if it was not for a movie he's seen at a film festival. Oh, okay. So it's probably number two for him right now, basically. Yes, um, that makes a lot of sense actually with Mark Nato. I can see that being a real strong pick for him. Yeah. So yeah, I I enjoyed it as well. I got nothing negative to say about it. Nope. It's on Shutter. If you got Shutter, you're not going to regret watching this movie. I think at the minimum you'll have an appreciation. Yeah. You know, I think you know, Dave Z, you need to watch The Power. Yeah. You will regret it if you don't watch this movie this year. Um, so I um, definitely recommend that to Dave C. Yes, because this is going to be high up. I, I will not be shocked if this is on a lot of people's list by the end of the year. Because, yeah, Absolutely. That's, that's how well this movie is. Absolutely. The next movie is Held. I think only I had the pleasure. Yep. The pleasure. <laughs> I'll say the quotation marks pleasure. So this is a 94-minute runtime movie. It is a home invasion movie gone bad with a twist. Um, with the same mask as fucking Hush. It's like they went to the Hush set and they were like, hey, are you using that? <laughs> that is funny. No, no, that was for a movie called Hush. Okay, great. Can we borrow it? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess so. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so yeah, it's fine. It's average. Uh, the acting is decent enough. There is an actress in it that I recognized, uh, Jill Aubrey, and all I've, she's been in is the waiting for waiting for the sun. So maybe she's a TV actress. I don't know, but I did recognize her. Bart Johnson was in it, and he's been in a lot of stuff like High School Musical One, High School Musical Two, High School Musical Three, um, <laughs> and like a bunch of other random films and. <laughs> And like, you know, the typical lifestyle, lifetime movie. So the acting's right. kind of lifetime-ish. It's, you know, if you have someone that like maybe doesn't love horror movies, but you want to throw on something to just sit through, I think they will sit through this and enjoy it enough. Um, but it's not for your avid horror fan. I don't think anyway. I think Brandon gave it a 6.5 or something like that. Yeah, I think that's what he said. Yeah, I think I would give it a 6. I think I'm a little lower than he is. It, it's not horrible, but it's not going to grace anybody's top 10. And it's more or less just as like a thriller than anything else. 
it's available on Google Play, Vudu, Microsoft Store, YouTube. Um, yeah, both uh, Google Plays Canada and United States. So if you want to check it out, it's there. Now, we got the granddaddy. Yes, the one that has been talked about for probably the last couple of months. Oh, actually, we missed one. We saw last night. Yep, I was I was wondering if you want. Okay, we'll say we'll save this one for last night and yeah, talk about the one yeah, we watched last yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. So last night for my birthday, Scott and Brandon and I watched a movie online together, and we watched Hall. Yes, two thousand and twenty-one yes. or two thousand. Yeah, was it two thousand twenty-one? Did it come? No, twenty twenty twenty, but released in two thousand twenty minutes and an eighty-minute runtime. Um, thoughts, Scotty. I actually enjoyed this movie um, once because once again, it basically just kind of covers a virus. So it makes sense why it did not release get released in 2020 and why they held yeah. off a bit. It was a little close to home. Yeah. Um, but this this movie, like I have to say, like it's very creepy and super effective, especially I would say probably at least up to the three quarter mark. And then it kind of sort of goes off the rails and left me a little confused by the ending. But mm. I like the performances from a lot of these characters I thought was really well done, especially the ones that end up getting sick. Oh, it's unnerving to watch. Yeah. And like the effects in this are really freaking cool. And it's just a very interesting story all the way up to about that three quarter mark. And then it just yeah. kind of, like I said, goes off the rails a bit, but yeah. I still really enjoyed this. I think I gave it like a 7.5 out of 10. Like it's, I still really enjoyed it. I could, I could probably give it a rewatch and who knows, maybe go higher. If I figure out what's going on a little more, if I pay more attention to it, because granted when we watch a movie together, we're also talking over top of it while we're watching mm -hmm. it. So I don't Making fun focus. of each other. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I don't give it the, full attention that it should but yeah from what I watched I, I thought it was pretty decent I agree with you I think it's pretty strong there's just some stuff in there that I was like oh come the fuck on yeah. um you know it, it it got a little too like time like mind warpy but I did think the ending was very much like to me it reflected how and maybe an elite class doesn't acknowledge what's happening to people below them yes that's right. actually a good way of looking at it. Right. So I, you know, I, I thought that that was very interesting. That's not a spoiler, guys. Like that gives you absolutely nothing because you have no idea of the context of the movie. So, um, yeah, it's a decent, it's a decent film. I, I would definitely recommend checking it out. It's available on Apple iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube. And definitely worth a $3.99, $4.99 rental for sure. Yep. I would definitely say rent it because I could see this being high up on some people's lists. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now we have the moment that Tim Davis has been waiting for. Yes. Who, sh uh, who shall win in this fight? Is it the grumpy lizard that saves the world? Or is it the friend of all humans, protector of Skull Island, Kong? So, yes, I am talking about Godzilla versus Kong. The biggest, probably, uh, quote-unquote, horror-ish blockbuster of the year so far, which did, which, you know, came to theaters here in the U.S., unfortunately not in Canada, like at least not in Ontario. Oh, yeah, it, it did come, just not for me. Yeah. <laughs> and it will when theaters are open they'll play the shit out of this movie but yeah yeah i had to go see this on the big screen i went and got uh imax tickets and holy crap this was just a fun spectacle for the eyes like 
it's typical of the American style Godzilla films where I don't really care much about any of the human oh stuff. Oh my god, the human writing was fucking painful. Yeah. That was some of the worst script writing and delivery of lines I have ever seen. Thank God for the children actors. Yes. Everyone under the age of 15 were the only ones except for the one dude that was also in Get Out. He was the buddy of Chris. Yeah um that had any fucking acting chops everyone else it was horrible yeah like horrible (laughs) like i completely agree and oh my god i will say like critiquing it the story really didn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense of how made zero sense like why they were doing what they did with kong and all this shit but at the same time, if you're going in just ready for a big, dumb monster fight, oh, you are going to have a lot of fun because this was a spectacle to behold, especially on the big screen because the fights between Godzilla and Kong are just filmed so freaking well. And unlike the other movies, they actually give you plenty of screen time with the monster fights. Yes. Like like the human stuff is just spaced in between to just kind of like fill in the gaps because obviously... You need the human stuff because just watching two giant monsters fight would eventually get boring. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. So, but yeah. Would it though? Would it though? I think if there was no, I, I think there was, there really was no context from being a spectator. I think, yeah, I think there would be a little bit. I think I, you'd get tiring after a bit. I was honestly, I loved the movie. I, I'll be honest. Like, I love the movie for oh, what same it was, here. Okay. Um, it was fun. It was exactly what I wanted. The fights were great. I love how they're like the fucking shit up in like Hong Kong. Poor Hong Kong. Yes. You know, fucking shit up everywhere. And like, the ending, I was like, I saw coming a mile away, you know, yeah. but when they were fighting, it reminded me of you and me. <laughs> Only I'm Godzilla and you're the innocent ape. That's true. It's I true. am. And I'm, and I'm just mad and I'm fucking like taking it out on everybody. I don't give a fuck. I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, and that's what I was cheering for was Godzilla. Yeah, so, but I was cheering for Kong, which is kind of I, funny that we're both on the opposite ends. <laughs> but I did like Kong. You know what I mean? Like they do a good job of making you fucking like this big giant ass ape. But yeah. uh, yeah, it's like that in like the fucking Jurassic Park movies. I eat that shit up like fucking bonbons. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah, like, and, <laughs> and I do have to clarify when I just said like the big dumb lizard in the beginning. I was joking because everyone in our on our podcast chat knows that I was rooting for Kong, so I just had to kind of just throw that in there as a jab. Yeah, be I careful am... because we're gonna get some hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> but anyone that knows me also knows I grew up loving Godzilla. So, but at, and on this Scott's one, Scott's actually a lizard. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I do have a love for Kong, at least the American version of Kong versus Godzilla, because Kong just has more of a human connection where Godzilla doesn't really well, have like no. a... Well, Godzilla saved the humans more than Kong has. Well, I mean, I'm like saying the interaction because Godzilla doesn't look down at the humans, nod or try to interact with them. He just saves the planet and goes goes <gasps> on his way. Well, you know what? Maybe he's tired, okay, Scott? And maybe <laughs> he just needs to go back to his little lizard home. Well, and does. maybe you should, maybe he's an introvert. Did you ever think that? Well, that, well, that's his fault, then, because I, li- I like the boisterous, like, yo, I like the boisterous personality. Truth! That's why you're working with me! Exactly! <laughs> anyway, this was a fun movie. I'm glad it came out this year. It gave people something else to talk about under the COVID-19. Right. So, thank you, Godzilla vs. Kong, for having us something else to talk about. Yep, if you have a chance to go see this in theaters, 
do it. Support the movie theaters and you will just have a blast with this because it's just it's just so much fun to watch on the screen. It is everything do, I want. I don't want to see it on our page because I don't need the salt rubbed into my wound. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But yeah, I recommend everybody go see this. It is a lot of fun. Like, will it be some top tens? Oh, I'm sure it'll be on some top tens for certain people. But yeah, it's it's exactly what I went in seeing or went in expecting. And that came out happy. It's exactly what I needed. Yep. Um, and now we're going to break into our older movies. And Scott and I haven't watched much. So this will be quick. Yeah. Um, which will be good. You know, unless it, we'll get to the teenage angst stuff soon enough. I'm so horny. Uh, oh, my God. I'm so sad. I'm so hungry. <laughs> but I can't eat. Um, <laughs> this was so sad. Uh, I watched Creep Show three, two thousand and sixteen. I'm sorry. I I, uh, I heard the warnings, but I didn't listen. Not two thousand sixteen, two thousand six. Um, hundred and four minute runtime. I don't even know what they were doing. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't get this movie. I don't. I don't even understand why they called it Creep Show three. Like, does it? The Crypt Keeper any... wasn't even in it. I was just gonna say, like, the Creeper wasn't in it, or like, didn't have any comic book feel to it at all. Like, it just. Well, the stories were dumb, and <laughs> and I didn't care what happened to anybody. The radio was probably the best story, and that was even kind of shitty. And yeah, it was it was just not good. Um, why you make Creep Show three? <laughs> why? Well, why? Why? Like, and maybe there's people out there that like this, and that's cool, man. Like, you do you, but it felt like I don't even know if they watched Creep Show one and Creep Show two. Yeah, I or any think- anthology. For that matter. I honestly don't think there is anyone that likes it. I, I would be shocked. It has a 1.4 rating on Letterboxd. I suspect that's for the radio segment. Um, Because, yeah, they're just dumb. And they don't really... <laughs> the wraparound's dumb. And it's all dumb. And um, don't watch it. Instead, go and watch Creep Show the series on Shudder. Instead, watch anything else. <laughs> Instead, watch Paint Dry. Instead, watch... <laughs> watch any of the 2021 sites suggested even the ones that weren't that good um i just don't know why they made a creep show three yeah i don't know why they did it this way um but you know sometimes there's just things you don't know and i usually don't shit on a movie this bad but i just didn't get it i just didn't get it throughout the whole time i was like this doesn't even feel like a creep show film (laughs) (laughs) anyway yeah, this is I one digress. that I'm, this is one I never bothered with because I've don't, heard don't I've heard so much hate for it. Don't and yeah, after you watch it, I'm going, yep, you don't. cemented my decision. <laughs> no, like it's it's like you know that videotape from the ring. No, don't watch it. <laughs> You'll wish Samara showed up from the TV <laughs> and be like, this would be better than watching more of this film. Anyway, but you watched a better movie, I think. Ah, yes, yes, I did. So the movie that I'm bringing tonight is. Dead of Night from 1945, which is another horror anthology. And the reason we're bringing up anthologies is everyone's seen it on our page. We did a top five anthology stories. So we both just kind of, me, Heather, and Brandon all just kind of like went ahead first and watched a bunch of anthologies. We went deep. Yeah, we did. To the freaking shaft. (laughs) Yeah, we did. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh... (laughs) Uh, but yeah, I decided to check this one out because it was one that I've heard a few people, few rumblings about. So I was like, oh, I'll give it a watch in 1945. I mean, I I might like it, might dislike it. I'm not sure. This was a lot of fun. Like it had some just entertaining as hell stories from beginning to end. Um, 
I'll say it's obviously a bit hokey because of the time that it was filmed. So it's like kind of corny and cheesy and, you know, not really scary. Though I will say the very last story, actually kind of creepy the way mm. it plays out. Mm. Um, and it involves a dummy. That's all I'll say. But it's this one that has just some uh, fun, lighthearted, scary stories. Some just straight up goofy stories. Like it's a nice mixture. And uh, yeah, I highly recommend this. This was a very nice surprise. Surprise! So 1945. <laughs> I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I recommend we have it. some time when we're not trying to watch at least like three 2020s. So we have something to talk about. 21s. Well, you, you have more time than I do now. <laughs> Which is shocking. Right. And the one that's busier than anybody I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, don't say that. I'm going to have 18 dogs. That's that's true. You are going to be. be you know what? I won't be able to do anything else if you walk fucking dogs all the time. That's it. Right. <laughs> that's all I do with my time. I just walk dogs. So what we've been listening to, okay, I have been listening to this podcast and it's pretty big trash. And um, it's called Crimes of Passion. Oh boy. That sounds like something that would be on a Skinamax. <laughs> and it's um, a Spotify original podcast. <laughs> and I, so I listened to this other podcast called um, Canadian True Crime. And she recommended the podcaster, this podcast. And I love like shows like Deadly Women and Fatal Vows, which is basically about like couples that get married and then their marriage falls apart because they kill each other. And Deadly Women, who's all about these women that like kill people. And this is basically what this podcast is. So it talks about people that have got together. And it's like a storytelling with like obviously some facts. Um, but also some creativity connections. And it's really well done, though. The person that narrates it sucks you into the story and splits it up to a part one and part two episode. And honestly, it's a really easy listen to. So if you enjoy true crime and you enjoy a little bit of scripting, you know, to kind of your storytelling, this is great. If you're looking for something super factual, I wouldn't listen to this. But, you know, I don't know. If you just want to kind of hear some storytelling and something a little like real horror, but also with a little bit of razzle dazzle sprinkled on top, I would recommend this <laughs> podcast. Nice. I'll say I just love the name Crimes of Passion. It so is, Scott. Like it is so <laughs> fucking trash. I, I feel trashy it. listening to it, but I'm 38 now and I'm getting old. So, you know, it makes sense. It would work. It's fitting. <laughs> it's fitting my age. It is. Um yeah, and I, I'm going to bring one that also is kind of similar with the whole, like... Uh, trash? Theme, well, not trash, oh. but uh, storytelling style. Okay. Um, I am talking about Welcome to Night Vale. A nice. lot of people have probably heard of this one because it's like a very popular series. Um, I just started listening to it, but I went to their website to kind of like give a synopsis. Uh, Welcome to Night Vale is a twice monthly told podcast in the style of community updates from the small desert town of Night Vale. Featuring local weather, news, announcements from the Sheriff's Secret Police, mysterious lights in the night sky, dark hooded figures with unknowable powers, and cultural events. Turn on your radio and hide. And yeah, it's just, they've got over, I think, 170, 150, uh, 180 episodes. And one thing they say is, you can start from wherever you want, because each one is just kind of like a different day. None of it ties in together. But it's like all this just weird, creepy, bizarre. Well, I had to use the word bizarre. How bizarre. How bizarre. Uh, Ooh, baby. (laughs) But uh, yeah, all these weird events just happening. But it's all done like you're listening to a radio station for a local town. And it's really neat and fascinating. And apparently there is uh, a couple of scripts that have been written. And I think like 
two novels that were done for this show, series. Oh, man. That's cool. So, yeah, so it's like a really well-known show and very popular. And yeah, I'm just now getting around to it. But yeah, I recommend checking out Welcome to Night Vale. I'm only a few episodes in, but I'm really digging it. He's digging it because he can't watch movies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's my new, like, this is all I got. My new form of storytelling. I'm so lonely. Um, <laughs> so we're going to take a short break and then we're going to come back with our main topic of teenage angst. Oh my God, my life's so hard. Oh my God. So after these messages, we'll be right back. Hello? Hello, who is this? Who are you trying to reach? I don't know. Um, I think you've got the wrong number. Do I? I'm going to hang up. Wait, don't hang up. What's that noise? Popcorn? Uh-huh. I only eat popcorn when I listen to podcasts. I'm about to listen to a podcast. Oh, really? Which one? Probably the podcast on Haunted Hill. Is that the one with the two guys with the beards? Uh, yeah, Dan and Gav. Dan and Gav, yeah. That podcast was scary. I liked it. Most episodes, they look at two different horror movies. Each episode, they look at a world of the strange, where they look at weird things from around the world. Sometimes, they even do special episodes where they look at different genres or directors' discographies and talk about them. Do you have a boyfriend? Maybe. So where can I find the podcast on Haunted Hill? Well, you can go to legionpodcast.com, Facebook, Twitter, or just go into iTunes and search for the podcast on Haunted Hill. So, are you going to ask me out? Welcome back. Our topic today is teenage angst. Life is uh, so hard. <laughs> and there tends to be a lot of entry-level horror movies that involve teenage angst. I always, every time I hear teenage angst, I think of that song. Oh, I'm just a teenage dirtbag, baby. Oh, yep. <laughs> yep. Come with me Friday. Don't say maybe. Anyway, uh, so we chose a couple of movies that we felt really emphasize the teenage angst and basically how teenage angst has changed over time. Uh, so we'll start off with our main article, which is Got Teenage Angst? You're Not Alone. So Hollywood portrays teenagers in two ways, as young adults who party on the weekend or as grungy rebels plagued with teenage angst. While there may be a grain of truth in these stereotypes, it's the most dramatized. The stereotypes mostly fall fail to accurately depict the anguish and the trademark of teenagerdom. Is that how you say that? Yeah, teenagerdom, I guess. Teenage angst is the feeling of, oh, I'm so misunderstood. What is life part of adolescence? While this coming of age emotional turmoil may seem like a drag at times, don't worry, there's a purpose and a cure. By definition, angst is a feeling of anxiety about your life or situation. This makes teenage angst completely normal. Given the time frame that it occurs, being a teenager is an awkward stage when we're stuck in that limbo of childhood and adulthood. Our teen years are characterized by constantly being told these years are determining factors of the rest of your life. God, that's such a horrible message. And <laughs> to smile while we're juggling a variety of activities and obligations. This creates an increased level of fear and anxiety regarding our lives in the future and the present. Probably which is why we have the horror movies that happen during this time. Because yep. there is so much anxiety and stress during your teenage years. What a perfect time to add in a serial killer. Right. Um, 
coupled with the psychological phenomenon of group polarization, which enhances a group's prevailing attitude through discussions with the group, we get even more angst when we hang out with our friends. Everyone's angsty. So basically, we're all really angsty. And if you think that you're the exception, think again. Every teenager is. Yeah, and we just kind of feed off of each other at that age. It's true. So basically we go on. I'm going to summarize a little bit of this here. So adolescence is a time when uncertainty develops towards beliefs and authorities that previously seemed um, like, so usually you would buy into what authority was saying to you, but you don't believe yeah. it anymore. Like every teenager and every horror movie, you don't trust the cops. You don't trust the adults. Your parents don't understand you. Parents don't get it. They don't believe you about the serial killer that lives next door. And you're totally on your own. So one of the psychologists that they interviewed for this argues that it, you know, places a commitment to the idea relative to a time on an upside down bell curve with a gap in the middle. Simply put, this gentleman maps out how someone develops ideas, values, and opinions over the course of their life. So your teenage years is kind of where you're moving away from having other people's opinions to having your own opinions. Um, There's only one cure to angst, and that's growing up. But we're all in this together. While the cure of growing up may not be simple, coping with angst is simpler. Although I'm no expert still in the woods of adolescence being a high school senior and super angsty teenager, I've learned a tour thing about angst. So they suggest nowadays, and I feel like this is a very 2000, like 20 centric article. So they talk about getting a cause and engaging in something that you really believe in. And I feel like that's a super true thing, as well as accepting that everyone is going to be feeling this way and that to not view Hollywood movies as a way of how your life should actually be going. And I think this is really true because every Hollywood horror movie with teenagers involves them living their hashtag best life. Like, remember when we saw Prom Night and they were at this fucking fancy ass hotel and oh, they yeah. had like <laughs> dual suites and like all this other shit? That's Staying not in life rooms with like. their boyfriend. Massive houses. Like, we're going to get into our first movie and all the houses that all those people live in are fucking mansions. Like, they're fucking huge. And like, that's not realistic. Also, a lot of teenage horror movies are whitewashed. So it's all a bunch of like white people living their best life, right? So I think that definitely, you know, it's important for teenagers not to hang on to that angst, but the angst gives some great material to make movies, right? So which is basically why we have those movies. So we'll move forward because I feel like that article just kind of goes on how angst is normal, angst is here. You know, if you want to read it, we'll include the link. But basically, they're saying that teenagers are teenagers and they're going through this time of their life and it's a tough time for them, which is why we have horror movies that are included during this time, because they're already high strung and intense anyway. So, Scotty, why don't you start us off with our first teenage angst movie, which I'm sure people are going to be pissed that we chose this one but there's a lot of teenage angst even though they all look like 20 year olds yeah playing teenagers but and the movie you are hinting at is little little known gem little known little by Wes craven yeah Wes craven's lesser known films yeah yeah i would absolutely yeah (laughs) but that movie is scream (laughs) 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 which was released on december 20th of 1996 a year after Sydney's mom is murdered, more murders start to occur. She begins to suspect if these murders are related and tries to find the killer as everyone seems to be a suspect. Boy, 
would that synopsis use the word murder more? Murder. There's more murders. And then there's there's lots of murders. Murdering everywhere with the murders. This movie screams teenage angst. Now, minus the 20-year-olds that are playing them, but the opening scene with Drew Barrymore, where she's making popcorn and she's flirting with a guy on the phone and she finds out her boyfriend, Steve, is fucking like on the porch and gonna be gutted like a fish like and and he's on the football team and he will kick your ass wearing his football uniform as well like or his jacket or whatever um that opening scene i think showed all the teenage angst that you need to know yes of course we're we're not gonna we're not talking about the anxiety that it built and that piece of it obviously scream is a masterpiece film so when we're going through this and we're making fun of the teenage angst understand we're making fun of teenagers not scream or any of the other movies we're talking about right well, exactly maybe well, some of the movies we're talking about moving forward maybe some maybe so but even that opening scene really set up like what was important as a teenager right like her being the pretty girl with her boyfriend and that he's gonna beat up this guy that's harassing her on the phone yep and it's of course the pretty girl with the popular boyfriend and- right and then, like, you have Nev Campbell with that line set her and just, he Ulrich. Like, what does he say? Like, what's the movie he was watching? I was oh, watching The Exorcist. I was watching The Exorcist and Exorcist, uh, and it was like <laughs> PG 13 version or something along and those lines. And we're like, all the good stuff was cut out. And I thought how that was kind of like us. Can you imagine delivering that line at like 17 to your girlfriend? Yeah. <laughs> I could. No, you would not have. No <laughs> fucking way. I call bullshit, Scotty. Uh, no, you I would have been, been with your girlfriend in the bedroom being like, mm, you know what, girl, we're like the exorcist on TV. She'd be like, what? You're like, you want me to like vomit and call, <laughs> say that your mom? Fucked? I want you to puke pea soup on me. Yes. You're like, no, no, not like that. She's like, I don't quit. You think I'm possessed by the devil? Um, no, <laughs> no, no. Your mother sews cocks in hell. <laughs> <laughs> and you would start like getting nervous and stammering. And then like your little mustache would get all sweaty because you'd be so hot. Like, no. Nah. No, I could never deliver some of the shit that Nev Campbell does either. She always looks so like, oh, oh, oh my goodness. Oh, that's not funny, guys. You know, my mom's dead. Like, it's just. Oh, oh yeah. She yeah. she over dramatizes everything. That's how teenagers are, right? And like when they're all hanging around and shooting the shit at the fountain because you know, they, they killed Drew Barrymore's character and her boyfriend. And, you know, they're all like, she's trying to be really like humble about it. And Tatum and everyone is kind of like Matthew Lillard's character is just going fucking off about it and being like, <laughs> I heard they got him like a fish. And like, like everyone just the, the dialogue though really does represent what's most important. They're talking yes. about partying. They're talking about having sex uh you know of course they put in a curfew and they're like fuck you and your curfew we're, we're gonna, gonna party. party anyway um i think all that really did represent teenage years and even the party that they have right they're all on the couch watching tv and they're yep. drinking and stuff yeah because you had like you know the yeah, like some people off in the one side you get people in one room like yeah. everyone's in their own little like cliques of people yeah, partying yeah. in their party right and like uh and yeah, that is like so true, especially when uh, Randy's going off about all the rules and the horror films yeah. and like, you know, 
no drinking and drugs and everyone's like boo it's like yep, right. that's totally teenagers totally no teenage. sex boo they start right. throwing shit at him <laughs> like and then when he works in the video store is his job right like <laughs> and and like Stu and um billy come to visit him and they like kind of threaten him a little bit like it's just every teenager wanted to work at a video store movie theater yep. or something cool like a cd shop like, like especially for us right yeah, like, and, that I, was, and like, i was totally that was cool Randy. shit yeah, you would have been totally, and that was also when Randy kind of had his day, right? Like, he kind of stands up and he's like, hey, this is how it's going to happen in this movie, or this is how it's going to go down, everyone's listening to him, and even though they're booing him, they're they're digging him, right? Like, yeah. they're not booing him, they're booing what they're saying, what he's saying, but they're into him. And even, like, when she agrees to have sex with him, and, like, like Nev Campbell and, like, Billy are upstairs, and she's like, okay, yeah, I want to go, I want to go all the way, and he's like, you're just so beautiful, and they have like this love making never would have happened as a teenager. You would have nope. oh, like <laughs> that done in two minutes. You would have like slowly took off your your clothes and then you would have hid under the blanket so you don't really fully see each other. And the guy would have awkwardly climbed on top of the chick. So this is a heterosexual experience I'm talking about. And he would have been like, Am I in? Am I do I hurt you? Is, and she would have been it? like, is this uh, it? Do like, you have a condom on? He's like, yeah, I, I got, and he, like, he's trying to awkwardly put on the condom. And then, like, I'm like, I feel like I'm describing my first time having sex. And then, you know, it, like, he eventually, like, puts it in her. But that's not realistic what happens in Scream. They make it look like they're, like, fucking in their 20s. You know, and as much as I love this scary movie, I love Scream. The casting was so old. Yeah. Like, it was ridiculous how they well, casted like, the people for this role. And I mean, like, I think they even kind of make fun of that in the movie when they're talking about, like, who would play me in the movie and it's Tori Spelling and, like, yeah. some 25-year-olds. Like, it's so they're even mimicking it because, obviously, they're mimicking that from, like, the 80s when, like, all the teenagers were much older and stuff like that. But, like, I don't know, the casting in this, like, the movie's fucking great. I love the movie. Oh, so the movie's once- awesome. Like, and the dialogue is fine but it's so teenage like what adults think teenagers would talk like and they're all uber clever and that continues through the scream series like even in the fourth one with Mm -hmm. her cousin we could even use that one to talk about and like the fucking like new age kind of millennial dialogue that goes on there right like it's just and they're always super bright and super like you know clever with their words and definitely there were teenagers like that but i think if we're real the 90s portrayed this fantasy version of what your teenage years would be like real fantasy like real fantasy over the top how people would look what they would do the kind of parties they would go to how they would dress and it was just like and it was older actresses and actors playing teenagers where i feel like in more recent teenage films they've got younger people to play them and it looks more convincing yeah either they got younger people to play them or they found someone that just looks young yes yes or at least someone that's maybe 19 paying like a 17 year old or a 20 year old not like a fucking 24 year old playing a 17 year old like it just looks ridiculous right um great movie love it to death but feel like that was just a hallmark of the 90s anything you want to add to the teenage hanks of screen um trying to think i don't think there really is anything else that we haven't really covered because i mean obviously like the whole like the part that just screams teenager to me is the whole like authorities saying you know there's a curfew because there's a killer on the loose and everyone's like yeah fuck that party party bang and all this other shit right oh and uh the whole finding out that uh 
Henry Winkler's principal character is dead hanging on the uh, touchdown poles in the football field and everyone oh, and leaves run... the party to go see the body. That was the only realistic thing that I think would actually happen. Yeah. Honestly, like I think that teenagers would go do that. I think that was a good way to get them out of the party because they would want to go see the body. Yeah, exactly. Like that, that is something I could totally see my friends and I doing like, oh, oh yeah. shit, really? Oh, fuck, let's go see this. Like you have no concept of right and wrong to that extent because your brain's still developing, right? Yeah. Like your, your cortex isn't fully developed yet so like your frontal cortex anyway so like you're yeah like you would definitely run out and want to check that out i agree with that but some of the other dialogue was just not was very very fantasized teenage doesn't mean you don't right. like scream everybody screams one of my favorite all-time horror films we're just talking about some teenage angst here yep i was like don't get your panties in a twist here we're um, yet this is just the teenage part panties or boxers or if you choose to wear a g-string or nothing at all oh yeah i was don't gonna say or you're free anything yeah just don't, it's not it's not your body does it's meant to twist it's not meant to twist and then we have another 90s movie that i feel like was riding on the tidal wave of scream so scott why don't you bring in this one because it also presents this fantasy of teenager life Oh, yes. And the funny thing is, it's right in its fantasy of Scream, but yet it was also a novel back in the 60s. Yes, it was. You're right. <laughs> but uh, that movie I'm, that we are talking about is I Know What You Did Last Summer, released October 17th, 1997. Four young friends bound by a tragic accident are reunited when they find themselves being stalked by a hook-wielding maniac in their small seaside town. My God, this movie. Oh, boy. <laughs> I had... Because uh, you originally picked this because we were trying to do something that would have been easy for me since I can't watch a lot of movies now. Yeah. And you didn't realize that it had been a long time since I had watched this I film. just figured you watched this film because you were born, like you were the same age. And I yeah. feel like Scream and I Know What You Did Last Summer were universal in shaping our horror beginning. Yeah. They were meant for our generation. They were totally targeted to our fantasy of what it was like to be a teenager um, and a high school senior and what you were going to do and, and what all these events were going to look like and the kind of sex you were going to have and all this other shit. I, did, I had no idea that you hadn't seen it in a long time. Well, I'll say, because the only reason is just because I just think I just moved on and watched other things, but I watched the You're shit. like, I watched good things. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I still had fun of this. But no, I watched the shit out of this between like when it was released until about 2001, 2002. I watched it a lot back then, but it just been so long. I just put it off. Um, but yeah, wow. Rewatching this movie, man, the uh, the high school seniors in this movie. Oh, man, they're like they look older than Ned Campbell and those guys in fucking Scream. Right. I mean, you had freaking Freddie Prince Jr. for crying out loud. Like, and, and Ryan, is it Felipe? Felipe? Yeah, Ryan Felipe, yeah. With like and his holy sh- body, like his super big muscles throughout the entire thing. <laughs> yeah, like he was like a ripped fucking sports illustrated. Like it, oh man. It, my God, what a, what the hell? And then of course you have like freaking uh Jennifer Sarah Love Michelle. Hewitt. Yep, Jennifer Love Hewitt and Sarah Michelle Geller and like, but man, what the fuck was up with Ryan Felipe's character? He was such an over-the-top, like, fly-off-the-handles prick. You know what I feel like happened? Happened. Jennifer Love Hewitt was talking to Neb Campbell, and Neb Campbell's like, man, you should really, like, they were on the Party of Five set. Yeah. And she was like, you know, you should really do a horror movie and be a teenager. And Jennifer Love Hewitt's like, aren't I too old? And Neb's like, I wasn't too old. Girl, you're fine. And that's how <laughs> this happened. Um, yeah, like every character is over the top. Like Ryan is this over top fucking drunk and over top angry dude. Um, and of course they start off with the beauty pageant, which none of those women looked like they were 17. 
They no. all looked like they were in their mid twenties. They all looked um, like they were getting ready for Miss America. Right. <laughs> um, but I did. I did find the dialogue in this younger than Scream. I yeah. did think that even though they looked older, I felt like the dialogue made more sense when they panicked. Well, like it, they weren't as clever. Like the, in Scream, I feel like everyone gave a lot of little one-liners and like yeah. singers. And I feel like in I Know What You Did Last Summer, they were just like, oh my God, we hit somebody. Oh my God, we're fucked. Like, I feel like that was a more legit reaction. Yeah, well, even when they're not panicking, like, just their conversation before, like when they're at the party, like when they're out on the beach or whatever. And the Jennifer Love Hewitt's character talking to Freddie Prince Jr. And she's just like, you know, we're going to be going to different colleges and stuff like that. Like, you know, just having that real like high school couple talk when, you know, you're at the end of your high school years and maybe going different ways, different colleges and different states, you never know. And like, I just felt like that was actually like real teenager talk, especially for like a high school relationship. I agree. And I think that the dialogue was young. Like when, when they're making, when, and when Sarah Michelle Geller is climbing on top of Ryan, who eventually was her husband, like they got together and got married. Wasn't it? Or no, she, no, she, she married Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah. She's married to Freddie Prince Jr. And right. still is. And still is. Yeah. So like, you know, when she's climbing on top of him, like we're going to have all these babies and this, like the, the, the dialogue is very young and immature. And I kind of dug that. I felt like it was a lot more real and a lot more, not so winky winky. As much as I love the dialogue from screen, don't get me wrong. I do love it, but it's a fantasy of how teenagers talk. Yes. I think I know what you did last summer was a little more realistic, like trying to convince Ryan not to drive his car drunk, hitting the fishermen and the whole fight that they have there is very basic dialogue like oh my god we're gonna have to get rid of the body i don't want to be fucking part of this well you don't have a choice you guys come from money i don't like i feel like that was a real conversation that would have happened between a bunch of teenagers who weren't thinking about what would happen down the road yes nope they were thinking in the moment when they were and they were probably all in shock absolutely i think they were all in shock and when it's flash forwards to a year later and she comes home and the distance between her and the other girl who's like, yeah, it didn't work out in New York. Like she, like what I loved about this, there was just no fucking clever one-liners. No. Even, even Ryan's character, like he was like, like just blunt. Like yeah. when, when the girls come in, he's like, you both look like fucking shit. Yeah. I'll say it was just a straight up asshole bluntness. He wasn't like, oh my, you look like Linda Blair from the exorcist. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't so fucking clever. It was like how people would actually talk. Yeah. Especially and... like, but yeah, especially like uh, when you were saying when they get that kind of reunion where they go back to Ryan's house and like his reaction because him and Sarah Michelle Geller like separated shortly after everything happened in the yeah. incident and in the accident. Well, she so, went like, to New York City or something and it didn't yeah. work out and she came home and. But like, like, you know, his just kind of like, just eh, like asshole, I don't give a shit attitude towards her. Like, yeah. yeah, that's totally like an ex-boyfriend, ex-girlfriend from high school type thing. If it was a falling out, which it sounded absolutely. like it was. It absolutely was. And then when Jennifer sees Freddie and he's like, you know, hey, working on the fishing boats. He's like, yeah, I guess I end up being a fisher like my dad. It doesn't really explain why he didn't go to school. I thought he had a scholarship, but I guess he was just too fucked up and couldn't go. Like, they're all obviously feeling guilt to some level. Yeah. Um. And, you know, they get start getting those notes and shit starts happening. Like he goes to the Ryan goes to the gym to work out and gets chased. And that part was just like him was an excuse to show him being buff and in a towel. <laughs> right. That's what I felt that was. <laughs> um, 
But the, the scene that really stands out for me, it's not really these chase scenes where they get these letters and shit like that. It's it's when she shows up, Jennifer Love Hewlett shows up with the with the body in the trunk. So they think that their friend yes. from high school has been killed and put in the trunk of the car. Well, he was killed. He was killed at the beginning and was put in the trunk of her car. She shows up. She says he's in the car. They come out and it's not there. And, and she does that thing of, what are you waiting for? Oh, I get it. <laughs> and all I can think is scary movie yep. every time I see that, right? Well, and right. I and I'm not, I know we're not reviewing the movie, but I just have to laugh at this scene because yeah, like during that scene when she's freaking out, she's going, you know, she's going to open the trunk and show the body. It's like so in broad daylight, the killer just walked over to the car that was left there and goes, "All right, let's grab all these crabs, put them in a the bag. Oh, let's grab this body. Let's walk away with the body and put it somewhere else." Now it's like it's a fishing on. town. They're used to that. But her reaction of fucking freaking out i will give legit that that is probably what a teenager would do you know we've just read this article about how teenagers kind of jump the gun they're extreme they're emotional they're they're all those things that makes sense that you would twirl around in the street screaming yeah well i mean especially because like the killer probably like if he did take that stuff out of the trunk right killer probably is around somewhere so she's probably just like thinking that too right and she's just out like i can't go to the cops because we're in too deep total teenager things to think we're in too deep. We're too fucked up. You know, even the excuse that they make to go see the man that they think they've killed sister. And they're like, oh, we had car trouble. Like, they can't even keep the the lie up really well. Like, it's it's really good. And Sarah Michelle, Sarah Michelle Geller's reaction to having her hair cut is really legit as well. Yeah. You know, as a former prom queen, and that's all she has. Her New York shit's been taken away. Everything's been taken away. As a young individual, a year out of high school, this is all she has left and it's gone. And it's it was really as a teenager, that would feel like you're being ripped of everything. Your car that you love so much, like in Ryan's case, gone. Like everything being taken from you is really well done in this film like it it really hits these teenagers where it hurts right right and um anyway and and like the showdown at the end is decent enough like they get on the boat and that gets silly and and we won't go over the teenage like that because it's more of the kills and stuff and that's not what we're talking about here but i think as teenagers besides the the clear age of them not being like 17 years old I think the dialogue was much more realistic in this. Not, of course, yeah. what happens, and it's. But I feel like this stuck closer to what the what the story was, and the dialogue reflected young people's process and thinking to how to handle the situation. Yep, and like uh, even like when they come back to the town and they still don't want to go to the authorities with everything going on because they still yeah. don't want to get in trouble. Like it, it yeah, just all is that would happen. Like, yeah, right. It's total teenage like teenager decisions right there. I remember I was in a situation once where I was at a party when I was 17 and uh, I guess the lady that threw the party um, got into a fight with, there was a woman that lived upstairs and her boyfriend was beating her up and we didn't know that. Um, I was 17 at this party. It was actually my birthday party. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was like 20 years, 21 years ago. And um, she went upstairs and kicked the shit out of this guy. She was a big woman, like my the lady that was hosting the party, and like beat the shit out of this dude. Wow. And um, he went and got his buddies <laughs> to come beat her up. Oh my god! And so we're in the house partying, and these group of people bust in looking for her. And my my friends and I peaced, and we ran, and we ran to our cars, and we thought it was like the scariest thing ever. We didn't think to call the cops. Right. We just took got the fuck out of there right now mind you what actually happened was she 
kick them out of her house and say, get out of my house because this is not a movie. And um, one of the guys came at her and she threw him across a car hood. <laughs> that is and awesome. they all left. <laughs> that was the end of that. But like, I think of my reaction at 17 was like, oh my God, I can't let my parents find out that I was here. I didn't think, gee, maybe we should call the police because this is break and enter and some other shit could go down. I was terrified of the police coming. I didn't want to get in trouble. We were drinking and smoking underage. Like pot wasn't legal then, obviously. I was They're drinking right. underage. I was probably fucking lit. Um, yeah. Well, and that- there were other drugs there. I wasn't doing other drugs. I right. only smoked pot. And I'm not saying that just because on this podcast, like that's literally all I've done. Um, but yeah, so at 17, I was like, fuck this shit. So I totally get the reaction of these guys here. Yeah, well, shit. Like, I, this you know, kinda, I can't say I would do any different, you know? Right. And I was going to say, this kind of reminds me of a story that I'll tell too, because it's kind of similar in a way. But uh, it was Were you when the I was, gang member. Yeah. But no. Came all the way up to Ontario. Yes. But no, no, I was 21. So around the age of legal drinking. And yes, legal drinking in America, yeah, in the US. America. But, um, we were at our friend's, uh, our, a girl's house part, like having a party, and it was like a big outside party. And, you know, we're, I think it was kind of like a graduation party for her. So all of the Montrose click got together. We're all having fun. Well, she decided to invite not just us, but like the town over all of their friends and the town over and all their friends and the town over and all oh, their friends. Oh, no. And it ended up being like a hundred something person party. And when these cliques of different towns got together, oh, all my of a sudden, God, a all the big, drama. Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden drama erupted and all of a sudden there was just like a massive fight that broke out and just like spread throughout the crowd. Me, my brother and a few of my friends were all drinking and smoking down and just like, yeah, kind of like outside of that giant mass of people because it's like that's where all the drunks are and that's where all the idiots are acting up. And there were a lot of thug wannabes, like white, white boy country, white country boys. Of course. And so a lot of fights. And then when that fight broke out, me, my brother and our friends, we just packed our ships and let's get the fuck out now because cops are going to be on their way and we're not going to get in trouble for the shit. And yep. we just fucking hightailed it out of there. And then come to find out friends of mine like that were involved in the fight when the cops showed up, just booked it for the woods and just hid in the woods until the cops left. And I don't blame them. I would have done the exact same thing too. Like you don't want to deal with that shit. No, right? not at that like, age. Cause that's just going like, yeah, to ruin a lot of like your upcoming years. Cause of that. Right. Of some so, decisions. And that was the same with me. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm fucking high as shit. There's pot here. There's other things here. Yeah. Like, and I was smart enough to know, like I was a good kid and I didn't want to be going down for this shit. Right. Yep. Totally. Totally. I, I totally agree. But anyway, I think this movie definitely represents the you know 1997's view of in the 90s of what teenagers were like personally yeah oh it definitely was so the next film that we are going to be talking about oh boy uh oh man this bad boy right here uh teenage angst to the extreme but that that film is cherry falls released august 25th of 2000 a small-town sheriff, Brent Markin, discovers the presence of a serial killer in his sleepy Hamlet town. Since the perpetrator has been targeting only virgins, both male and female, the deaths cause panic in much of the local high school population. Sheriff Markin's daughter, Jody, played by Brittany Murphy, is among the potential victims, since she has yet to sleep with her boyfriend, Kenny Ascot. Can the lawman stop the killer before he goes after Jody? Wow, that's kind of a spoiler in the synopsis. This movie is such a fucking porn. Like it is just the most ridiculous film. I couldn't I, like. I know why I missed this movie. It's it's just so ridiculous. 
I can see why they decided not to put this in theaters like it originally was going to do. Oh, was this, it wasn't, didn't have a theatrical release. Nope, it had some, like, I guess it got pulled before it was supposed to go to theaters, probably because the distributors seen it and went, no, we're not releasing this. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but like, I think it got like a, like straight to DVD release like a couple of years later. And I think it's because of the concept of sex, which is not what the problem is with this film. It should have been pulled because it's not that good. No. Because we know that doesn't like, the concept is simple. You know, this is definitely teenage angst of losing your virginity. And if you are a virgin, then you are more likely to die in this, which is the opposite slasher mentality, right? So, yeah. you know, I, I can appreciate the concept. And it was probably pulled in the early 2000s because that was seen as like, we don't want to encourage premarital sex. Right. Um, which is such a, so many problems with that concept. It assumes marriage. It assumes heterosexual sex only. It assumes so many things. But anyway, we're not here to discuss that. Um, this movie's dialogue is beyond <laughs> teenage angst. Like when they're making out in the car and like her Brittany Murphy's boyfriend is Kenny is like, I don't know if we should keep seeing each other. Yeah. Like after like, you know, she I don't tells know if him, you want to go all the way with me. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say like the way that happened. Cause she like, you know, they're making out and he's like starting to put his hand between her legs. And, and then she like pushes him away saying, mm, let's not go that far. And then he's like, I think we need to end this. It's like, what? <laughs> it's so teenage, like over the top. Teenage over the top. First of all, did you ever say go all the way when you were a teenager? Ever. I, I don't think I ever did. I think I said, do you want to have sex? Like, I think I actually used the words. I wasn't like, and I, oh my God, I'm going to make myself sound whatever, but I don't think women should feel any different about this. I don't remember being like in a situation where I was like, dude, don't do that to me. Now that's me in consensual relationships. I understand that other people have experiences, both male and female. Yeah. But if I was in a consensual situation with a partner and I was, you know, looking to get to the climax, I want to orgasm. You know, making out and stuff was great, but I wanted to get to the point where I was going to have a sexual relief, I think, which most men wanted too, which is why they kept pushing for sex, because that was what they believed was the way to get the sexual relief, release, which you can get through lots of other different methods. Right. It doesn't just come from sex, right? So it was, it's, it's very typical, like it's very stereotypical teenager dialogue of her being like, no, I don't want to. And him being like, well, it's the only way I can release myself. Like basically- yeah. That's what he's trying to say to her. And is it the whole the whole virginity thing here as like women with the purity culture? This is like it's 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 this, painful. It does not this movie is so dated from well it really is. The best way I could even describe this movie is it's horny. <laughs> not even hor but it's also treating people like their virginity is the most important thing that matters. Yeah. Especially for women and that they're you know, my, my friend's doing a lot of reading on this right now and that she was responsible for making sure this dude kept his virginity. And yeah. then it was like, well, if you're a virgin, you're going to die. Like it was just, it was, I think the plot sounded really good on paper. And then when they actually like made the movie, they were like, oh, hmm. Well, <laughs> well, when they made the movie and then like just had the weird sexual tension between father and daughter as well. And just yeah. like, the weird stuff they added in this for like the, you know, like I'm not even talking about just the movie in general as a whole, because the, ki the killer is a whole nother fucking story. But yeah, but like just the teenage, like weird, like sexual tension between father and daughter and then yeah. like, sexual tension between everybody, which, you know, obviously that's a thing because teenagers are all like hormonal because they're going through puberty. But I feel like this put that on steroids. Yeah, I, was like, saying, I don't it, think it was, it was that up. 
that hormonal like i'm sure scotty you were in a situation at one point where you were making out with a, a girlfriend and you guys didn't like go all the way quote unquote and i'm sure you weren't like oh, well i'm leaving then like i any situation i was in where i was like i don't want to do this none of my boyfriends got upset they were right. like all right no, <laughs> like, no like, <laughs> you know because obviously my hands would explore and she like the person i was with would just move my hands and go no, like let, let's stop there i'm going okay and we yeah, like i you know because a lot of times guys are just so ha- like and i'm and i'm and i'm understanding sexual assault happens okay i am yeah. not I am not discrediting anybody who's had an experience where something happened against them well, their will. Scott and I are just talking from our own personal experiences and what we've had happen to us. So, yeah. um, or what we've engaged in. And like, I've never had a dude get mad at me and take me home and be like, that's it. I can't be with you anymore. Like, right. never, never. They were usually like, oh, okay, no problem. Uh, no problem. I'll just take you home. It's fine. Or, or we can go with ice cream. Like, <laughs> it was never, ever a thing. Like, I've had dudes say no to me and I didn't act yeah. like that. Like I've had like trying to come on to dudes. Like I had, a, I dated a guy that was waiting till marriage and he was like, and it was hard because I wanted to have sex and he didn't. Right. And there'd be times where he'd be like, no, we're going too far there. Like, you know what I mean? And I wasn't like, oh, that's it. And like storm out of the car, <laughs> right? <and> like take <laughs> off. Like I just find movies and this is totally a 2000ism, right? Like I get that they're playing on that horny, like all teenagers think about is sex and women have to protect men's virginity and all this other teenage shit, but it's just so over the top. And the dialogue between her and her father, I don't even know what that was. Like the teenage no. dialogue of how, what base have you got to? Oh my God. I'm just kissing. Have you wanted to go? <laughs> further i'm like i didn't know it was porn hub <laughs> right like just this, like well the way he worded it almost sounded like he said like do like you want to go do you want to go further with me <laughs> tonight it's like right what now? the fuck is going on in this movie it's like calm your hormones movie for crying out loud <laughs> like, it's just ridiculous and then like how they talk to each other at school like there's some of the way too cleverness oh for my gossip column you'll see and like her being like oh, i don't know like it was just they took every teenage dialogue and they pumped it full of like all right, let's sprinkle in some over hormones. Let's let's sprinkle in some over cleverness. Let's sprinkle in some like, we're all going to have this sex party where there's going to be like massive orgies. Okay, no teenagers would be that skilled. All right, they're all having sex for the first time. And they're all (laughs) banging in the same room as each other. Like what world do we live in? (laughs) Right? I don't Oh, and then like uh, the scene where Brittany Murphy is trying to lose her virginity with the guy that was like just kind of giving up on her. Yeah. And she like, you know, she starts taking her shirt off. And, and like, then she gets him to bite her toe. Yeah. Which she like, yeah, that's the weird part. It's like, okay, this is a girl. It's a virgin. And right? she's like shoving her foot in his mouth going, bite it, bite it harder. <laughs> like, it's like, what the fuck is going on? And, it was and then such, she like yeah. smacks him in the face when he's not biting it hard <laughs> enough with her foot. It's like, what the fuck (laughs) the problem with this movie is that it took sexualized dialogue and totally fantasized it because even as a 38 year old woman as of today when i have sex with a partner for a first time and i've i've had sex with many partners i've obviously i lost my virginity at 16 i've been married i've been in committed relationships you know or if you've had one night stands or whatever situation you've been in you know no judgment here but even when I have sex for the first time with someone, it's awkward. I'm not like, hey, suck on my big toe. <laughs> right. Right? Like, I would love to pretend that I'm some kind of sexual diva. Like, yes, I'm more comfortable than I would have been at 16, obviously. 
But when right. you're having sex for the first time, as I said in Scream, you like take off your clothes, you get under the covers, you lay beside each other. He awkwardly tries to put on a condom and then typically crimes on top of you because you don't know how to be on top of him just yet. And because girls don't aren't encouraged to watch pornography where men have been. Right. So they are more likely to see sex. You know, we've seen fucking Lifetime making love movies that aren't right. realistic at all. So I just found that this movie, besides the over-the-top teenage dialogue angst shit and awkwardness, was just, it was pumped full of, you know, sexual stereotypes, orgies that would never happen for a whole bunch of virgins getting together and banging. Yeah, um, I was going to say, like, that is And just they're a- all slow dancing before they have sex with each other. No, they'd all be doing shots and getting hammered to make it less awkward. Yeah, what well, I was gonna say, and like uh, the whole idea of this party, like everyone to lose their virginity, you already know there's gonna this. It's like, what is there equal amounts of women, equal amounts of guys? Because it was totally a heterosexual party. Oh yeah, and but like it's like no, there would be like. Well, the, this is the homophobic 2000s, Scott. Yeah, exactly, and the, you know. But it, and then you have like you know that's like everyone's coupling up with everybody. I'm like, no, that would not happen. You'd still have your like quote unquote geeks or losers, like the ones that are the nerds that are left in the corner that no one would want to touch, no matter what. Like it's. And you would have a slow dance and then you pick people and then you go off and some of them are like all cuddling like that after sex glow. Like they all fucking orgasmed and everybody got what they needed. Like what What world are we living in? No, I do love the whole like when the killer reveals the the identity and charges into the party into the everyone's just like all in their underwear like in this like giant orgy that was the only (laughs) thing that was accurate that teenagers would do is that if a bunch of naked people or a killer charged into a party nobody would think straight and try to fight the killer they would all try to get the fuck out (laughs) and they would probably break stairs and break walls and stampede and kill each other that was the only teenage interaction in this movie that was accurate yes everything else was a fantasy of what teenagers would do we're not talking about the slasher element of this that would be a full separate discussion (laughs) yeah (laughs) um it's not a horrible movie i will say this it's it's definitely dated um it's a very much product of 2000s never would get made in the way that they made it today i think the concept was a good concept i think the idea of saying you know, we're going to switch the horror trope here. And if you're a virgin, you're at more risk of being murdered than if you're not. But I think the approach was the problem. Yeah. Like this just felt very sloppily handled. Yeah. So I think we've said all we can say, but that was just to keep repeating ourselves. But yeah. <laughs> um, we move up to a slightly better movie from the 2000s. So I'll let you introduce that one. All right. So the next movie we're talking about is All the Boys Love Mandy Lane from 2006. A group of high schoolers invite Mandy Lane, an innocent, desirable girl, to a weekend party on a secluded ranch. While the festivities rage on, the number of revelers begin to drop mysteriously. And well, before we even really get into this, I just have to say I was shocked to find out this was Amber Heard with all the drama between her and Johnny Depp that's gone on. I'm like, oh, no. I did not realize that was her, like one of her first roles. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, this was a rewatching it because I watched this a few years ago for the first time and rewatching it. I'm like, this is kind of a strange one for me. Like the teenage angst was, I don't know, everyone seemed like hyper focused on Mandy Lane. Yeah, I I will say this movie was better than a 2006 movie. Yes. Like, it was um, really well done, like, just some yeah. of the plot. 
was left to be desired towards the end. Yeah, but. but the filming, the acting, they chose people that actually looked like teenagers. Like this was the first film where I was like, they look young. Yeah. Like they look like they're high school seniors. I can buy this. Like, so props to all the boys that all the boys love Mandy Lane because it was the first movie where they actually looked like boys and girls. Right. So I thought the opening pool party scene where the accident occurs was very relevant of what a pool party scene would look like at that age. Yep. People hanging out, being goofy, someone daring some kid to jump off a roof. Um, and he obviously yep. gets killed. Like, I thought that whole interaction. Like, I've been at pool parties where people have done that as a 17, 18-year-old. Like, jumped off, not died, but jumped off roofs and shit. Yeah, I've never been to one where they've jumped off roofs, but I've been to one where they jumped out of trees because, you know, my friends are idiots. <laughs> but into pools and stuff? Nope. No, just to the ground. Oh, so, yeah, I've been I've been at my my one girlfriend used to have this. Well, they weren't, we weren't really friends. We all just hung out and partied at other people's houses. Um, she had a pool and stuff, and, and, like, my buddy would get up on the roof and jump into the deep end and shit, and, like... Yeah, because I'm trying to think. I don't think yeah. I ever actually went to a pool party. No, like, I... Yeah. So, I've, I've been to a party where... It's been like that. Obviously, no one got hurt. And right. let me say, everyone wasn't that beautiful. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it was it was fine. Um, I have been to parties where there's one girl that gets more attention from the boys than other girls do. Um, there was a couple girls I knew in high school that were like that. Sometimes, and I'm not, sometimes I would get a lot of attention at a party too. But more yeah. because I think I'm just really friendly and approachable. And, you know, I'm, I'm funny and I'm not, you know, or horrible looking. So I think that, you know, that helped, but then there would be some chicks that were just very, very beautiful, or they had very big boobies and they looked really good. And for all the men that were there that were heterosexual, they, they wanted to get their attention. Right. So, but yep. not to the extent of Mandy, like I've never seen it to that extent. So I'm glad that you kind of not acknowledge that all these boys are crazy about her. I didn't know if that was a thing or not. No, I've never seen anything like this when it came to like teenagers. Like, yeah, like you were saying, there's always like the few like hot chicks that seem to get a lot of the <laughs> attention. But like, yeah, like it's almost like it almost felt like supernatural the way like they all just like were almost like hypnotized by her when they when she was in the area. And it was like maybe because she was the forbidden fruit. Um, she didn't really talk to anybody. She was kind of that desirable girl that people wanted that they couldn't get, which I did see at high school. And as I said, I did yeah. see at parties, but, um, and I would see guys compete for girls' affections. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, so, and we're talking very heterosexual here, right? These movies are all very heterosexual. Um, but I, I did find that when they go to the second party, the dialogue that they're having when they're drinking was very real. Um, yes. The behaviors that they gave it, even her giving him a hand job under the map in the car. Yep. That is totally a high school teenage thing. Yeah. To do. Like I've seen shit like that happen. I've done shit like that. Right. So like, and then like the girl, like uh, when they're getting directions from the guy at the gas station and like the guy's seen all the teenage girls come around. He's like, Oh wow. And the one girl slips her shirt and just yeah. runs by. Like, yeah. yep, I've, I've seen like, that happen. Right. Like, like the girls I've hung out with done that shit to other guys before too. So yeah. Like it's, it's not, and the guys are kind of goofy and then they all talk about dick size and shit. And there's that really immature game of truth and dare. And so like a lot of the dialogue I could buy is young people. It's not overly yes. clever. What I really like about this dialogue where I feel like Cherry Falls was still overly clever and look at this and ha ha and stereotypical over the top. I felt like we're 
where this movie was ahead of its time from 2006 is that the dialogue was less mature. It was more real to how teenagers actually talk. Yeah, but it even seemed like the more they partied, the more that dialogue became more and more real. Yeah, and it became more legit of like them losing their inhibition and becoming real, like not thinking about the consequences of what they would say to each other. Uh, not thinking about what the long-term effects would be. And I really appreciated this movie for that. I think it's a slasher movie. It was great too. I I think it's actually one of the better slashers out of all these that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. I think it's really decent. Um, And I, and I just think it was ahead of its time from 2006, to be honest with you, the dialogue is more real to teenagers. This, the sexual engagements are more real to me. Yep, and there was um, even like the sexual tension between uh, Mandy and that one girl, like when, yeah, like she's in the bedroom with her and like just helping her and like yeah, and, you, and kind of brushing was... your hair back and stuff. Like there was that kind of and and it was almost like they were kind of dipping their toe in homosexuality, and I wish they had dipped their whole foot in. Yes, because I feel like this was a movie that could have breached that gap for two thousand and six, which was still, you know. <sighs> something that people were still coming to terms to. I think it was mm-hmm. still something people, well, today people are still coming to terms to it. But I, I think they, but I'm glad they didn't just go down a cheesy, oh, they're just experimenting. Right. Route, you know, at the same time, right? So, you know, I think that this movie up to this point has had the best dialogue, the yeah. best ca- casting of teenagers and the best interaction of what is really seen as important at that age like for guys it's how they're perceived with their sexual libido to a certain extent and how much they can drink and party right yep for them like the size does matter at that age yeah right and like to have someone say oh they have the smallest dick yeah it's gonna be pretty demasculating yeah because they've been told that that's what matters and the girls are all concerned with being pretty and the one girl calls the other girl fat when she's not fat at all not but that's what chicks do to each other like it's not at that age that are heterosexual and these are yet again heterosexual white people except for one black character yeah um who is like the star like he's an athlete or something like that isn't he yeah i think he was kind of like one of the jocks right so it's you know it is still very much stereotypical uh not diverse at all but i will give it credit for its dialogue being real and raw yep i completely agree with you because yeah this one like you're saying this felt the most real yes yes absolutely um and i i think people should watch it actually out of all the movies on here this is the one that i would say if you haven't watched it it was my favorite i thought it was the best well done movie yeah i was gonna say out of all the ones we're talking about i think this one kind of nailed the teenage dialogue the best and like a teenage party what yeah you know the pool party as well as when they go out to the ranch of what teenagers actually get together to it isn't like over the top where they're having fucking punch which we'll get to next and like other shit that would not happen at a fucking party like yeah. this was like a legit like yeah i could see a group of people hanging out having drinks doing drugs you know shooting the shit being assholes going off you know engaging in some level of sex that yeah getting too drunk and vomiting like even when they panic when like the killing starts and like the one girl runs and she runs to Amber Heard and Amber Heard kills her. Like that's a legit yeah. reaction. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you never really find out why they're killing these people. You never really find out the reasoning. Yeah. And I, which I was kind of wishing I found out one reason or another for it. I think it was just because they wanted to be murderous and this was a fantasy that she had. 
and she was an orphan and maybe she just wanted to act it out but like they didn't even have to give a real reason and their confrontation between her and her best friend at the end were, was also very raw yeah and legit and and their fight at the end was pretty honest like i felt like yes it sensationalized what this individual would have been able to do but that's what all slashers do right you know you you sensationalize what someone's capable of but the whole dialogue leading up to it and the filming of it was really quite good and real yeah. not punch at a party that <laughs> right fuck's sakes i've never been to a party where they've served me punch ever well we're getting to that except for a baby shower <laughs> that's it anyway let's get to that unless you had anything else to add scott nope i'll say nope i think you are ready to move on to the next one so we'll move yeah. on to the next one <laughs> so yeah. so the next movie we're going to talk about is the final which was released on january 29th of 2010 where about six bullied outcasts trap their tormentors at an elaborate costume party where they unleash their merciless, brutal teen angst with blood-curdling consequences. <laughs> oh boy, this movie. Um, I will say the dialogue, we talked about this earlier, but the dialogue in the very beginning of this film was so cringe. Oh yeah. The, the over-the-top racial slurs in this film yes i felt were thrown in at parts that i found personally just stupid they call one south asian gentleman aladdin at one point yes and i was like are you like it was like we're the white jocks that are assholes and we're racist yeah what like, these the bullies ugh. that they the bullies that they represented in this reminded me of like the bullies you'd see in the 80s sex comedies just totally way extreme or like as shitty 90s like sitcom yeah like they're so over, the, over top the top like and just assholes like there's one scene where they destroy this kid's camera okay if that actually fucking happened you think he would go and tell his parents and they like if that happened nowadays he'd be like and you're replacing my son's camera and the school would expel him whether yes. he was the jock or not like that you know what i mean like it was just shit that happened in this now mind you I will agree with the clicks that there are clicks and that people mm -hmm. like that can be that cruel. Yes. Um, I had that experience in high school where people were cruel to me. I've seen it happen. That I will absolutely agree. Teenage reflective is that, you know, there are people that are picked on and are bullied for absolutely no reason. Yep. Just because they're slightly different, whether it's skin color or just because you're quiet. Or, or, or they just, feel, these are people that are insecure pieces of shit and they yeah. have nothing else to do but to harass others for whatever reason and there's and they become adults to do the same thing yeah you see them on facebook all the time well they so... become they become cops <laughs> oh shots fired scotty shots fired I mean, it's not far from the truth yes <laughs> just saying um, <laughs> oh man look at you go scotty um so yes they could become into positions of authority not always but yes absolutely um or they just become they just go on facebook and yell at people yeah. They're the same people that are like complete assholes for no reason anyway. So that I feel like this movie captured very well. Yep. And I, I got to bring this up like as a like kind of what I feel they were trying to do here is with a whole being bullied at this age with their like their retaliation while way over the top kind of reminded me of like the unfortunate things that do happen with like school shootings now yeah where bullying's gone too far and they push the wrong person and they just snap yeah and, and like i didn't really feel mad at these kids i was like the, the movie did do a good job of having the bullying so over the top 
especially the racist bullying so over the top that I was like yeah fucking torture these brats you know I didn't feel bad for the people that were being tortured at all because they were I didn't want the kids to get caught that were doing the torture right well I just like the only one I disliked out of all of them was the leader of the group that was being bullied yes but even he took it way too far like that much to be honest with you I was like kid's got a point because he he reminded me of the one of the killers from uh the columbine shooting oh okay that's kind of how he reminded me like like it's like that type of kid that just like snaps yeah and and this is what happens right like this is this is trauma yeah you know it's an it's and it's not really as you said it's not really an over exaggeration now the plan's an over exaggeration um the plan would never happen but the shit that's happening, like they're in class and, and these kids are being complete assholes and spinning in books and stuff. I never saw that kind of stuff happen in high school. Um, I had a few instances of like extreme bullying by like the jocks. Mm. Um, one of the things I, I guess I can just kind of talk about it is uh, one of the things is I was targeted a lot by the football players because I was my brother's brother. Right. Because my brother had pissed off one of the football players. And so their way of getting back at him was to bully me. Mm. And I would be, there'd be an incident where I was at the vending machine getting a pop at the school. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I would get like shoulder checked by one of these jocks and flipped over a table for no reason. Oh, wow. And they'd just look at me and smile and then walk away. And like I got uh, punched in the face by another jock getting off the school bus just because I was my brother's brother. Like shit like that happened. Wow. Did they give a clever line after they punched you? Never did. See, so that's where Hollywood would have taken it one step further and been like, that's right. for your brother and for him doing this and this. And I still think those behaviors are completely unacceptable, Scott. And I'm yeah. sorry that happened to you. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I agree. But I feel like they took everything that could happen, like the body checks in the hallway and you know, the name calling and made it like extra funny or not extra funny, like extra exaggerated. Yes. Right. And I get it way over the top. That's what you do. Um, but I did think the cafeteria was right. I think the higher, like the, the casting, these kids looked young. Yes. Yes, they did. You like, know, so props to the and, casting. And even the casting some of the, was good. And even some of the dialogue, like uh, when the like snooty, uh, like preppy girls were picking on Emily, I think her name was the one yeah. that's being bullied. And she, like, I like her dialogue where she's just like, if you just get to know me, you would probably like me. And just like, like, I, I feel that's kind of real. Like, she was just kind of mousy about it. But like, yeah, she's like, if you just gave me a chance, you might like yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Like, and yeah, that's just, it's sad, but it's like, I, it kind of felt real with some of the dialogue that was there. You know, some of the other dialogue on the other hand. Oh. You know how we saw run, fight, no, run, hide, hide, yeah. run, fight earlier? Yeah, run, hide, And fight. we saw it from the protagonist view? Yes. I feel like this was from the antagonist view of the same yeah. situation happening. Like we saw where the buildup came for these guys to want revenge. Yeah. Um, I just thought of that now. As, that actually, as, yeah, I never even thought right? about that. But yeah, it is like through that perspective. Right. So yeah. I I think this movie is very good for acknowledging the trauma that bullying can have on a teenager and how their ability to fully cope with it can result in violence. Mm-hmm. And the violence was fine. Like the special effects were, they pulled away from any, it kind of reminded me of a court film. Like yeah, every they, time there was going to be some intense violence, it shot away kind of thing. Yeah, I did notice that happened a bit. Right. But yeah, like, uh, and that even had like one other high school teenager trope I've noticed was uh, 
the popular black kid that was uh, going to be like in a commercial. A rap star, yeah. I, I like that because he was kind of like, I've known kids like this where he was the one that bridged the gap between the ones that were bullied and the bullies. Like he was yeah. popular, but he also hung out with the, those kids. Yeah, like, he, he was a nice person. Yeah. yeah. And there were people like that. Like I do think they included people from all walks of life. I, I really do. I think my only beef with this movie was a I don't think it had the budget to pull off what it was trying to pull off which is a side note and I think some of the things like everyone shows up at when you go to some random fucking warehouse and not know who's hosting the party yeah like punch there like you didn't didn't, there's no beer you're all just drinking punch and like like that never happened like that dancing scene well I was like the only thing I could think of with the punch part was like maybe they just thought the punch was spiked with booze yeah, but what party have you been to no, as a none. teenager that no. there was a bowl of punch randomly none. that you drank from? Like none that was a party for teenagers. No. It was more like a like maybe like a graduation party where it's just like out of just fresh out of school and your family's there type deal. Yes. But. Or maybe it's you and a couple of buddies and you throw a whole bunch of alcohol and booze and some fucking juice and fucking ginger ale, whatever you put in it and you fucking drink it. We used to call it swamp water. You know, like, okay, so yeah, that's you and a handful of friends that y'all know and everyone sees what's going in there. Y'all bring something to put in the bucket. Yeah, not no massive party. At a warehouse. Yeah. No one's around and you're drinking from fucking punch and, and the dancing. If I have to see another teenage fucking film that has these people dancing, oh, I'm calling bullshit. That shit does not happen. Oh, we're going to be seeing more with dancing and are probably uh, coming up in a few episodes with our prom night episode. But at least that's a prom. I can <laughs> buy that because you're at fucking prom. Not True. like you go to some warehouse. There's no DJ. I don't even know where the music was coming from. Like some <laughs> shitty ass ghetto blaster. <laughs> that is in. a good point. <laughs> like, okay, guys. This isn't even like when they have the stereos they do now. I'm getting so mad about this movie and the music and the party scene. But like, <laughs> all right, let's listen to my shitty CDs that I brought. <laughs> like they're all just listening to the same cd over and over again like it was just the whole setup for the party that's why i liked all the boys love mandy lane because those parties were realistic i was like yes sitting around a pool drinking yes sitting around someone's house drinking playing cards maybe you're listening to music and like you know partying out but it's not like you're all sitting there like doing these stupid little dance moves and then drinking from this random fucking punch bowl but no one (laughs) knows where it like, came yeah, from no one knows who the host of the party and right like it's just but they were younger the dialogue was accurate to how people would react like you know the one girl doesn't want to do any harm and the other dude the big asshole football player doesn't care and they're scared like i i bought into all that and and like the teenagers hadn't fully thought through what they were going to do um but yeah it was it felt like an uncorked film yeah it did actually <laughs> No, like any, it was over the top where it didn't need to be over the top any final thoughts on the final for you no i think we pretty much summed it up um like yeah like like i said this felt like real dialogue for the most part yeah except for like the over the top racism that was dropped <laughs> oh my god but, and like even the one part the the gentleman who's black drops the n-word and i was just like unnecessary unnecessary yeah. like and it's fine you know i get it that they had the person that was black say it but even in the context of what it was said yeah, I, like, I don't know these I just, n-words are breaking into my house get the cops here fast i'm like oh. right like i just i don't you know I, I know that's a jab at the authorities and the situations like, like i yeah happen, there but. was a lot of little jabs at people right and it was <laughs> But it wasn't done well. No. 
<laughs> you know, and, and like the, the elaborate suicide scene where the one kid suit, shoots his friend in the head and yeah. then shoots himself in the head. Like it was just, it was, I don't know if teenagers could actually pull that off. Well, I guess they can. We've seen it. Um, who yeah, am I, like, what am I saying? We've seen it. it. It can be pulled off, I guess. Yeah, it's not too that elaborate of a ruse. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But, uh, let's move on to, well, one that feels lighthearted, but is actually pretty dark as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this is Tragedy Girls, which was released on October 20th of 2017. Teenage crime reporters Sadie and Michaela are hot on the trail of a crazed serial killer. After capturing the maniac and holding him hostage, they soon realize that the best way to boost their social media stardom is to commit the murders themselves. Like, this is Millennial, the movie right here. Oh, man. Is this not Millennial, the movie? I was trying to figure out that blonde, the one with the short blonde hair. She was in Deadpool, if you've seen Deadpool. She she was in other some stuff, wasn't she as well? Like, yeah, she's she's a well known actress. Like uh, I'm gonna look her up real quick. She but... was really good. I really liked her. So I really both like Sadie and Michaela's character. But this was definitely dialogue that was over the top clever. There yes, there was parts that I thought was very teenagery. Um, like when they're making out in the car and she says something to him about like, you can't seem to locate your balls to go outside and look to see what that noise is. And he eventually goes outside her boyfriend, the opening scene, he gets killed. I, I, I find delivery like that. That is something pretty like demasculating that a young woman might say to a man. Yeah. Um, at that age, I, you know, so I can kind of stomach that and, and agree to that. I think the school is set up very much like they're on cheerleading squad and there's the prom committee and the cool guy that has a motorcycle and they look the age, but they almost look a little too old. Yes. I'll say they look uh, too Hollywood, like pretty, yeah. like, for, they just... like, like they're just too done up. Like, but yeah, like this has like the whole texting with like the message bubbles and the social yep. media like yep. just uh constantly like on snapchat or like going live and getting all the reactions from that and kind of almost jumping into like the true crime stuff too because they're mm-hmm. like like but they're also like at fault for what's going on but it's just yeah, them they're trying to raise their popularity murder and they're narcissists like the teacher does a good job in that one scene of calling them out yes for exactly what they are um because, yeah, they're using the death of a, one of the students as a way to boost their numbers of people watching and shit like that. And, yeah, they are complete narcissists. With their Twitter feed, right? Like, it, it was a good use of teenage use of so, social media and the importance of that. The importance of prom committee, the importance of prom, the importance of the cheerleading squad, that really, like, that chick that's like, well, maybe we shouldn't do prom, which I think would be a realistic conversation that would have after a couple of murders. Right. Um, I think people would want to kind of pull back on the celebration of things. And I think that, you know, her, when she says like, how am I going to get the scholarship for the libraries now? Because her library thing is destroyed. I think that's a like, that's an over-exaggerated thought, but it's a legit thing that people do these like ridiculous projects over retrievers to get scholarships. Like that's, that's pretty accurate. Right. Um, I thought the gym scene was funny, like the oh, big yes. firefighter Mike or whatever it is. With, yeah, Craig T. Uh, Robert, Craig Robertson, something like that. I forget his name, but like famous actor. But oh my god! And she goes in to hit on. This is where I was like, these guys look like they're too old. Like this looks like they're like her yeah, body she, looked like a 21 22 year old well, not a 17 year old especially when she goes to the gym in her workout outfit it's like yes. okay she looks like she's in college at this point 
Yeah, she looks like a model, which is great. Don't get me wrong. She's yeah. a beautiful young woman. But like it's it doesn't have the same feel that the final or all the boys love Mandy Lane. Both yeah. had attractive people in it. But they looked their age. Like yes. they looked like okay, they could be 17. They could be whatever. And I found that these two young ladies um looked much older yeah, than they actually were. The one thing I noticed with them was those two and the love interest boyfriend looked like they were out of place out of the high school because they were older. But yeah. everyone else in the high school looked young. To, yeah, looked young. Looked like they should be in the high school, like the nerdier girl with the glasses. Like yeah. she looked like around that age. And yeah. But like, yeah, it's just like the ones that were carrying the story. They got older actors because they are, you know, more, ex- more, they have more experience. Yeah, I think that's exactly what they did. Um, you know, there's a lot of fun little clever things like how the parents have no idea and they're getting ready for prom night and, you know, how the one chick, is it Sadie? Yes. Misleads Jordan, her boyfriend, and into thinking that, you know, she's really into him and then at prom you find out that, which I didn't really like the tie backstory to his mom dying. I don't understand. Why was she driving these girls home from yeah, dance I, class? Yeah, I forget. Like that seemed like the stupidest reasoning ever. Right. Well, and the fact that these girls were like six, seven, eight years old and they killed the mother. It's like, no. Yeah. Like, like, I, that, like some of that was just like too unbelievable. Like they shouldn't have even brought that in, honestly. You know what I mean? Like, I, I was like, what the fuck does this have? Like, that's when the movie really took a turn for me. I thought it was okay. And I thought parts of it were funny. I thought the kill scenes were the best. Yes. But we were talking about this from a kills funny slasher. You know, it kind of reminded me of the silliness that was, um, what was the one that came out last year with Vince Vaughn? Oh, uh, freak, Freaky was it? Freaky, right? I thought that it reminded me of the kill scenes from that. Like funny, yes. fluffy, you know, comical, making fun of typical horror tropes. But like the backstory made no sense and her, their parents having no idea like and like ha- fingerprints and other shit like the cops can't do anything like right and they killed their entire high school of people by just closing everything up and just catching the building on fire like, yeah and then they get away with it and they go on to like and i felt like it was trying to be one of those movies where they're like oh, look how clever this is this villain got away with everything and ha 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 but you're like you don't like the girls enough to be like good for them or find them endearing enough to be good for them like it's just it reminds me a little bit of i blame society and i know you liked i blame society but it reminded me a lot of how i couldn't get behind her yeah that main pro that protagonist antagonist whatever she is anti-protagonist whatever the fuck she's supposed to be and I felt the way here, like, it's an enjoyable enough movie. Don't get me wrong. It's fun. It's fluffy. It's easy to watch. Um, there's some funny scenes in it. But I found that by the end of it, I was so done with these two chicks. I was like, fuck, yeah, like, like I'm done with you two. Like, like I, I like, for me, uh, was it Michaela and uh, Sadie? With the, Sadie. Uh, like, it was Sadie, the short-haired blonde. I was kind of rooting for her because it seemed like she was like turning a page away from all this stuff and was like, you know, starting to fall in love with her boyfriend type yeah. deal. Well, she was, was like, faking that the entire time. Yeah, that's what I'll say. I was like rooting for her until that reveal at the end. And I'm going, oh, all right. Yeah, but you can't get behind any of these two. Yeah, and, and like, I got it. I got that they were making fun of in the social media and what these two people will do for narcissism. I wish they'd taken out that whole murdering Jordan's mom story, which made no sense at all. Yeah. Um, and But the, the teenage prom seemed realistic. The dresses that they'd be wearing seemed realistic. The clubs that would be involved in, the one over the top, you know, 
go, go, go girl that was also a cheerleader and whatever seemed over the top, but I just, or, or seemed like, like all that stuff seemed kind of realistic to how someone like that would be, but I, I don't know. I just, it was, yeah. it was okay. It was okay. I just didn't feel like it. It was just a real, you know, exaggeration of teenage. Yeah. It was especially an exaggeration. Like, you know of, what I mean? Yeah, it was like an extreme exaggeration of uh, millennials, for sure. It was. And if you if you really dig this movie, there's no hit towards you. This is no. not a poorly made movie. It's well acted. It's well written. It's, you know, we're looking at it from a certain, you know, how accurate is it to teenage life kind of thing, right? So yeah. obviously it's an exaggeration. Scott and I get that. Um, it just wasn't one of my favorite. I think it's better than a lot of the other ones. Um, yeah. But I, I definitely think that it was... It was okay. I'm glad I watched it. I enjoyed it enough. I would recommend it to people if they kind of like that, uh, you know, kind of comedy, dark comedy. Yeah, because when I picked this one, I was trying to pick something that uh, spoke like to the millennial exaggeration. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like we had something yeah. from everything. We had something from all walks of life coming up to it. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have anything really millennial. So I was like, yep, that's a millennial one right there. Good choice. And we already covered extracurricular a while ago. And I would have loved to do that one. But yep. um, we I almost thought about I almost thought about like saying, let's take tragedy girls off because this also could have fit in our prom night episode. Yeah, it totally could have. But the prom's only at the end. Like, the, right, but it's they're all like the... in the, the committee and everything leading yeah. up to it. I felt like I, it could have, but like, yeah, I'm, I'm like, no, it fits with the millennial thing. Yeah, I think you did a good job of choosing it for the millennial thing. So, yeah, I think teenagers in film have come a long way in horror. We need teenagers to move horror movies along if it is an Alice and Friday the 13th. Um, if it isn't, you know, <laughs> Nev Campbell and Scream, Jennifer Love Hewlett, and I Know What You Did Last Summer, or Brittany Murphy and Cherry Falls. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and I was gonna say, not only do we need the teenagers in these horror films, we also need the teenagers to help buy these horror films and to go to the theaters. Absolutely. And you know, uh, one of my favorite teenage horror films, and we haven't covered them yet, I maybe we should just cover them in one shot. I know we don't usually do movie reviews, but I really want to do the Final Destination series. I I've been love... thinking about a way to, I've been wanting yeah. to find a way to implement them into our topic <sighs> at some point. Man, maybe we should talk about like, I don't know, premonitions of death. And <laughs> we just do all the final destination. Times. I mean, we could. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I guess maybe we could do some, we do wish master master as well in that maybe because you wish things and then it, you, you die because of what you wish. I don't know. Hmm. We'll have to think of a way that we can, but we could just do the final destination films too. <laughs> and be like, this yeah, is we our could theme. Just be like a, yeah, we and just all do the franchise. To talk about, right. Um, because I really do love the final destination teenage films, even though none of them look like teenagers in those films either. <laughs> right. right. So I definitely do dig me some teenage angst as much as we were criticizing some of these films uh, for their hiring choices or for their dialogue. They're all fluffy and fun with the exception of Cherry Falls, which is just the weirdest fucking movie I've ever seen. But if it's your jam and you dig it, no judgment here. Um, it's definitely just a product to the 2000s and that's okay. You know yeah. what? It came out 21 years ago. I, I do like the concept behind Cherry Falls. And I almost think this is a movie that deserves a readaptation. Yeah, I, I could agree with that. Could be done better. Um, maybe not like, I don't know, maybe act like it's in 2021 and include more 2021-isms. I think it would be a much better film. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, the concept isn't, uh, wouldn't be as taboo now to have it released no. in the theaters, right? No, and I think, think it would be fine now. And I think you could expand sex, this concept of sex in this and, and you know, maybe be more inclusive. I think it would be more, yeah. right? So um, anyway, I guess we'll move on to our out of the dark topic, which is kind of continuing on young people. But I was surfing around horror news and I found that this uh, movie called The Seance is coming out. 
in 2021. And basically it's a bunch of girls that go to a private school and they do a seance and they call a dead student and they engage in some witchcraft and blah, blah, blah. And I thought to myself, fuck, why is there so many witchcraft movies? And then I realized there's a lot of witchcraft movies. <laughs> so well, there, well, I mean, for one, there's 17 movies called witchcraft, witchcraft one through 17. Yeah. Yeah. There's also the, you don't want to watch those Harry Potter series, yeah. which is all about teenage witches. Yeah. Uh, there's the craft, you know, the original, then we have the woods. Then we have the coven that came out last year. That was just like the craft, only a knockoff version of it. And then we had the craft legacy that came out last year as well. And yeah. I, I guess what I'm thinking, Scott, is why do we keep seeing these young women in witchcraft and have we had enough and, or is there a realm that it can continue to go down? What are your thoughts? Well, to start off with, have I had enough? I will say like the zombie genre. Yes. And no, like mm. if it's done well, awesome. what's what's well for you? What would be like, what do you think like, of a good film? Do something a bit different than what has been done to death. Mm. Cause like this, this genre, like the zombie genre has been done to death. Cause once again, it is low hanging fruit when it comes to filmmaking. Cause yeah. any budget film can do witches. Cause there's not a lot of like special practical effects that are needed for it. Like someone could just be playing the Ouija board. Someone could just be, reading from this dark spell book it, it it's all like uh we summon the darkness it's like a satanic cult but they're like females that are like using like like rituals mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like it's yeah it's just it's an overdone topic like i, I like the way that we summon the darkness did it because it took something that's familiar and kind of played with it so i feel it can still go on just yeah there's i don't expect a lot from them a lot of the time um and why do we see them? I think, well, I think I kind of also brought that up because it's easy to do. And it also is kind of a, in a way, I guess would be like female empowerment. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there definitely is. And I think there's a, a mystique when it comes to witches, you know, when I think of the witch class, the witch trial, the witch trials in Salem. Right. And, yeah. and the idea that really what witches were at one point was women who just went against the grain who were like, no, I don't feel like I have to worship my husband and that he should be allowed to do whatever he wants. Right. To no, I don't buy into this Christian lifestyle. And anyone that deviated from, you know, what was seen as very much the norm was considered a witch. And, yeah. you know, we've, we've translate that to, you know, darker powers and, and stuff like that. And I think that's a really interesting concept. And I think witch movies are great. I agree with you, Scott. But I just want to see something different than the plot that the craft gave us. And I think the craft gave us a really great plot about four witches um, gaining their powers and using their powers for a mixture of good and evil and then a final battle. And any witch movie I have seen with four female witches continues to dance around that line. Like, I haven't seen Seance yet, but I can tell you what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, there's like, because it already says in the synopsis, a new girl comes to a school, they do a seance, they embody this other girl. You know that the, probably the new girl is going to be the protagonist. Boy, that sounds very familiar. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, and like, you kind of know how it's going to go down before the movie's even started. Coven yeah. did the same thing. And I feel like if we're going to do a movie about four chicks or women or, or whoever men, I did find a man movie, by the way, there was a movie about four male witches that were warlocks. Yep. I was going to say um, probably called warlocks of some, or something, something like, that, like that. Right. 
I would just want to see a different plot base. Like maybe yeah. it is that they awaken a stronger witch and they have to fight the witch together. Or maybe it's they all turn evil and someone yeah. that's not involved with the witches has to try to take them down. Yeah, or right? like, or like that's why I like the movie The Witch. Because I mean, obviously it wasn't a group of women, but like yeah. just the story of like this girl getting accepted into the into the coven of witches at the end. Yeah. Because she wasn't it. Yeah, I get you. I get you. It like, is different, just but different it wasn't thing. that teenager thing. Yeah, like, it wasn't the, moment the teenager thing. I see a group of young women dressed in school go- girl uniforms. Mm. Uh, yep, because then there's, uh, that just actually reminded me, because yeah, there's another movie. There's another movie called Little Witches, and that's exactly right? what this is. School girl uniforms, Christian school, they all go sneaking out at night to like convene together and like read out of these black magic book and blah 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 like it's all the same shit over and over again and i just feel as though you know if you're gonna continuously do this just try to make it not the craft repackaged yeah like Like, the craft or if you're you're gonna do or if you're gonna do like the similar theme to the craft kind of poke fun of it like kind of do a scream version of the craft then yeah like and I didn't see the cla- the craft the legacy. I haven't heard good things about it. No. Did you watch it? No, I avoided it because I also right? heard not good things. And I think the original craft is fine. You know what I mean? I, it yeah. came out when I was a young girl, and I really bought into it. Um, well, and that one almost got picked for our main topic because it yeah, it but I just very well watched fits. it for the yeah. billion times. You're right. I I've watched that movie so many damn times. Like it's just something that I I just feel it's overdone for me personally. But yeah, um, yeah, you know, I just I I I enjoy the concept of witchcraft. I think it's cool. I think it can be a really fun concept. I enjoy the concept of women uniting with other women and empowering each other. I enjoy that as well. But I just want to see something different. Like seance. Right. Couldn't you come up with something different that I don't read the synopsis and go, yep, know what that movie's going to be about. Right. Well, right. I'm almost saying like maybe be done with these young women in witchcraft, like the whole like circle of women in witchcraft and just focus on the witchcraft, but don't have it be like these four high school girls again, over yeah. and over again. Like just, yeah. I, I, there's gotta be a way to do something different to make, to reinvigorate this and come up with something creative. And hopefully that's what we'll see in the next couple of years. You know, I feel as if horror does continue to reinvent itself. Yeah, and... like it will run the well dry of a certain style trope and then eventually move on. And I'm fine with tropes. I really am. I just, you know, do something different. Like with the zombie, yeah. with witness infection. You know, that's some that that's a zombie movie, but it's pretty fucking funny and it's comical yeah. and it's silly and it's goofy. Yeah, well, I mean, even just look back a few years, train to Busan. Oh man, absolutely. I just got that DVD in the and that's what reminded me of that today. <laughs> um and the, or the hashtag alive. Yeah. It was another great zombie film that came out this year. You know, I think that you can definitely go back and and pull from things that have been quote unquote overdone as long as you make it something that people want to watch like have engaging characters or have something that's different or you know have a different kind of plot point or you know the idea of being locked in your condo and you think you're safe but you're not safe because you're running out of water you're running out of food like it's it's it was something different yeah like uh with the whole women in sands thing like maybe make it like because even a lot of these ones that have come out none of them are serious serious there's still yeah. a little bit of that teenage whimsy to them maybe make it like more adult themed and like just take the material a lot more seriously do deeper character studies on each character 
and like actually like having this affect them in their personal lives in a just not so good way like just kind of like do something because like like i'm saying with the zombie one it's like yeah we've seen zombies a million times but with uh train to busan it focused on the characters and made you feel like it exactly like the whole zombies attacking on a train wasn't you know entirely new but like the character development was what really sold that movie it it made you buy into what was going on right yes and yeah i i agree um yeah yeah i i think that it will be interesting to see what happens moving forward with the witchcraft drama and i think you made up some really good points scott so we'll see what happens yeah i'm kind of curious filmmakers give us something different yes like just we we see you out there we see you trying just do something a bit different than the others make yourself stand out that's what we want absolutely absolutely well thank you everyone for joining us today uh we will be back next time with our probably our prom episode or yeah i think so yeah, I think, yeah, I believe our prom episode should be next. Yeah, because we're going to be switching. We're, we do Legion Patreon. Um, so we do that once a month. We have already released our top five anthologies with our special guest, Brandon Orlick from Exploding Heads. So Legion Patreon. We released it there first. Yep. And then we will be releasing it to our page for now. Um, but eventually we will not be. So you definitely want to get on Legion Patreon when you can. So we release it there first so the Patreons can get it first. But we, since we are wanting to recruit people to Patreon, we show you what you are missing. Mm-hmm. Um, all of our Patreon stuff is very different from what we do on Friday Nightmares. We do commentaries. We've done lists. I think we'll probably continue to do lists, maybe even some movie reviews um, more specifically. And they're shorter episodes. And that's probably where we're going to have majority of our guests uh, with exceptions of if, you know, someone really listens to our show and they want to come on to this specific show, uh, we will definitely have them on there. But if not, we'll have sorry, something special for guests to have on with Patreon because yep. even better, you get to listen to us with other people. So right. um, anything else you want to promo, Scotty? Uh, no, just besides what you were promoting, promote, you know, go to Legion Patreon. If you're not a Patreon yet, why not sign up? It's only a couple bucks a month. Yep. And you'll be uh and you'll be surprised because it looks like uh in the future, pretty much every show on Legion will have something special to be offering to Patreon. So it's not just gonna be us. No. So right now it's us and Bo. We we put up a lot of material, but there's gonna be definitely more materials going on there. And if you haven't already, please go to the Legion podcast page and subscribe on whatever podcast service you use and you can check out all the other awesome shows that are on the network as well yep and please rate and review yes especially scott and i it should be five stars only because we are five stars because i'm a five star man (laughs) so until the next time what do you have to say to the people scotty mom dad (laughs) unpleasant dreams (laughs) life's so hard (laughs) it's good it's funny Thank <laughs> you.